Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. My name is Ash Thorpe. This is going to be episode 80 with character artist and illustrator Andrew Domaszewski, who joins us for one of our longest episodes ever, sharing many of his experiences in managing his time, experimenting with psychedelics, and where his current projects are taking him. Later in the episode, we dig super deep, discussing a wide array of topics like health, fitness, the future of humanity, and what the concept of death means to us. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible. Sign up now at thecollectivepodcast.com forward slash audible for a free 30-day free trial and one free audiobook. This week, I highly recommend checking out the Steve Jobs biography as it's a fascinating, well-constructed, honest collection of his life's work. Again, that's thecollectivepodcast.com forward slash audible. Big thanks to Andrew. This is going to be episode 80, the big A zero. Let's go. How was Disneyland? Did you enjoy it? It was a lot of fun, man. I haven't been since I was 14. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I went with, uh, you know, Eitan Zana, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then with his girl, and we, uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Um, just kind of reliving all those rides again. And Yeah. Uh, I do got to say, though, like, um, like a small part of me was a little weirded out. I mean, all these, like... You could tell, like, the hectic nature of all these families bringing, like, their kids and all these screaming, crying babies along with, like, <laughs> the superficiality of, like, how things were constructed. And, like, you can tell it's, like, this huge money-making machine. And a little part of me was grossed out. But <laughs> still, you know what I mean? It's, but it's yeah. still it was a ton of fun. But it's, like, it's, like, manufactured glee. You know, it's yes, like, it's like perfected manufactured sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's delicious. But you know, when you have too much, it's like yeah. <laughs> I've had some of the most, my, some of my favorite times at Disneyland, and some of the worst times of my life there too. Oh, for real? Yeah, just like uh, I remember taking my daughter and my wife during Christmas time. It was like the worst. I can't imagine taking your kid there, man. I was just thinking, like these it's poor parents. Rough. <laughs> yeah, because like, your your kid wants to do like everything and wants you to spend all your money like on like a popcorn or something. It's like four hundred bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like ridiculous. And then um, the heat usually, and then the lines and standing there, it's just like it's like recipe for a disaster. But I've been there a couple times with just my daughter and I. We've had fun. Yeah. Um, I I really can't stand it when it's congested though. I have I don't know what my problem is. I get tired of lines and stuff or i get tired of being around a lot of people i think it's because i've been so insular working from home that when i'm around a, a big crowd of people for a long period of time i get like really pissy and stuff so <laughs> the combination of it i don't know maybe i'm overthinking it but just the combination of like um just staying in line and then going on like a thrilling experience that's like filled with like you know like a lot of different things going on i mean there's nothing else that we experience that like in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I guess like traffic and cars kind of like that, but like I equate it, I equate like waiting in line to being like in an elevator. There's like no end in sight and you're just kind of like <laughs> in a contained spot. Being in an elevator actually without something going on is like the most uncomfortable situation for me. I'm not even like claustrophobic. I just hate like, I guess like the absence of movement. It's like really annoying for me. And I guess part of Disneyland is like that. It's like waiting in line and you just kind of, you know, you're going somewhere, but it's like, 
it's I don't know, it's weird. You're going somewhere very slow, and and when you get on that ride, yeah. you go very fast, and then you yep. go back really slow. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah. But some of my friends, they like absolutely love Disneyland. They go all the time, and and uh, yeah, I I don't. I, if I never went to Disneyland again in my life, I'd be happy about that. So <laughs> yeah, the second we finished, we went. We did the whole twelve-hour thing for wow. adventure, and you did um, the California one too with all like yeah. the cars ride and all that stuff. Yeah, my girl was destined to like go on every ride, and we did absolutely. But, uh, well, that's rad. I think it's that, that uh, Toy Story ride at a uh, California Adventure. That was a lot of fun with the shooting. Yeah, and she kicked my ass. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe girls are better at aiming or. Maybe she had one with the kid that didn't put the booger on the laser thing. So, you, know, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. like laughs> you never know. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. It, it like the way you said it is. It's like art. It's like manufactured bliss or something. And it's yeah, yeah. I try not to it's be. Like, I, I look at things kind of cynically when it comes to Disney and stuff. Yeah. So for some weird reason, uh, I don't know why. I should probably stop because it. You know, Disney is such a big part of my life. I was just rewatching oh. like Sword in the Stone the other day, and I was just like just mesmerized by how wonderful Dude. it is. Hell yeah. I love that movie, man. It's such a perfect film. Like, uh, from it, the, you couldn't touch Disney back then. They're kind of like the Pixar, you know, how Pixar is now. Like you just can't touch them. And back then for me, it was like Alice in Wonderland and all that stuff. And so the, the, the weird thing now is like, when I look at Disney, I go like, you guys have created properties, but you haven't created like anything really substantially big that i can remember like yeah. a dominant disney film you know like instead of just acquiring like pixar and stuff so it's just really interesting for me to see how like they're still like oh like i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i'm just being weird about it but yeah no i don't think so i i hope i wouldn't be chastised for saying this but it feels like that sort of classical animation period from disney like it had its time and it was time for something else you know and like the purists are trying to go back there and it just you know it's it's not really appropriate anymore for today's you know um people i guess you know like yeah, i don't know I, if pixar was kind of appropriate with it's like people wanted different technology it just you know supply and demand but there's always going to be like that love of classical animation and that's why we can go we can go back and appreciate things like sword in the stone because it's like it's awesome but for them to create a new property that you know celebrates classical animation I don't know if it's going to happen again. Yeah, but it happens for Japanese anim- animation. Yeah. yeah, well, Japan consumes it completely different than us. I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think no matter what, I think people resonate. I think you could do you could spin a story anyway. I think it really breaks down to story and how it's it's presented in a certain way. I guess you know. So, like, you can have like a hybrid like um, Iron Giant, which is a near perfect film for me. It's Dude, I love. So much, it's, man. it's such a classic. It's such a perfect Brad Bird film, and, and I love how he went to Pixar to do in, uh, to direct in The Incredibles, which is also like one of my favorite Pixar films. But yep, um, I don't know. I think that you can still like you look at like what Leica's doing with like the box trolls and all this stuff. Um, I mean, they're kind of doing the old school way, but they're still presenting. I guess they get away with it because it's not cell animation. It's, it looks three D somewhat What's- because it is three D. You know. Have you seen Box Trolls or like Coraline or anything like that? Oh, I heard of Coraline. That's like a, isn't this kind of stop motion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, claymation stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Box, Box Trolls is, there's a company called Leica. Um, they do stop an, stop animation, clay, claymation, I suppose is what you call it. Um, it's really fantastic, amazing animation work. Um, oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I think you'd really like it. Um, 
just seeing like your sensitivity to style and characters and stuff. And I, they just came out with a recent film. I took my daughter to see called the box trolls and we really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's just fantastic though. It's like one of my other favorite films is like uh, nightmare before Christmas, same kind oh, of style, you know, you know, what's interesting is that they, uh, uh, to go back to Disney, they, uh, they retrofitted the haunted mansion to be nightmare before Christmas. Mm, yeah. It's really weird though. Because like when you think of like, scary haunted mansion you think of like dark creepy halloween things but the christmas addition to like the theme was really strange <laughs> just yeah weird. It's, like scary at all but it was interesting anyway but i love that movie it's, it's awesome. a genius it's genius to combine yeah. the two things i mean if you really sit down and, and and um watch that film as an entirety of a piece you know like you think of like all the characters like jack how he wants what he can't have. And then when he gets it, he realizes that it's not what he wanted the whole time. And it's like the continual story. That's it's like, it, it happens in a lot of our storytelling, but it, it's done in a really clever way. And, and then you have Tim Burton's aesthetic and style. And then, you know, um, the guy from Oingo Boingo, um, I can't, I never, I always forget his name for some reason. The guy that does all the music for Burton's films. Oh, um, it's gonna slip my tongue now. Jesus. Oh, yeah. uh, Danny Elfman. Yeah, Elfman. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And how he sings. I you think he's uh, Jack's voice even, which is really fun. But um, oh, I don't know. That I'm pretty positive because he's singing, and that's like it's the same voice from Wango Boingo. It's like yeah, almost exactly. Sense. And because he's awesome and stuff. So, but yeah, it's such a perfect package of stuff. But yeah, but have you seen uh, Tim Burton's? Um, like the Frankenweenie films, have you seen that one? I did. I saw it. Um, it was cool. I think, I think I liked it because I'm a I'm a Tim Burton fan. Um, yeah. And I just like that kind of stuff. Uh, I took my daughter to see it. She thought it was okay. Um, I think that was like two years ago now. It was it was yeah. fun though. Like we enjoyed it. I really liked the Lego Movie. That was a lot of fun. Oh my god! I had I didn't know what to expect from that movie, but. Me neither. I can't believe they pulled off what they did in that movie. Like they it pulled off a ton of stuff. It's like that's not. I was like, if I was a kid, I'd be like, this is crazy. Like, like it's, a, it's for adults. It feels like you know, it's like really pushing things with uh, storytelling and just visuals. It's awesome. Yeah, they really cross the line of a lot of different things, and it's like they have all like, you know just really great moments. It was just really like really fun writing. It was the same guys that wrote the new. 21 drum street yeah okay that makes that, i guess it, more sense yeah yeah if you if you watch that and you watch the two of those the writing style is very similar like there's constant humor involved and clever witty like little one-liners and stuff like the batman character and stuff is so much fun yeah uh, i like watched it with a group of friends uh, that we ha I, we have like a barbecue thing like once a month and we all hang out and we'll watch a movie and somehow like we managed to watch the Lego movie and they were laughing so hard the whole time. It was pretty funny. Like just like busting up a group of guys, you know, like <laughs> 30 years old, just like laughing to this animated film. It's, yeah. it's, you know, and kids love it too. It's very successful, but it's really great seeing franchises and, and things like that take off. And I'm really, it must be really cool to be part of Lego um, and to create a franchise like that and have it be so successful, you know, they could have, they probably could have made a Lego movie a long time ago because they had the money and stuff, but the, they approached to it now and the way it looked, it was fantastic. It looked amazing. Well, now they have so many different avenues they can go down. Wait, so uh, with the Lego, can they make 
Batman and Star Wars and all that stuff with I think Lego. Because they have the rights to it, and I, I'm I'm just guessing, but because the likeness isn't what you know, it doesn't look like um, Christian Bale, or it doesn't look like yeah. you know, it doesn't look like those franchises. But it's it's a very iconic Lego one. I think they can get away with doing that, you know. That's pretty cool. It is. It's wicked smart. I was like really kind of surprised about how how well they got away with all this stuff. It was yeah, it was really surprising um, because I kept thinking to myself that too. I was like, wow, there's all these iconic figures and 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 things that are part of like popular culture and history that they're able to use and like kind of just bend to their world basically, you know. And they even had like Superman, like Crypt. They had like uh, Green Lantern, I think. Like they had all these characters, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. They even had, like Gandalf and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right? exactly. And I was like, dude, like, how could they do that? But it must be because they obtained the rights to do a Lego version of it. And I think within the Lego version of it, they can do whatever they want with it, which includes film and all that stuff within reason. I'm I'm imagining, you know. But that's yeah. a huge win for Lego, like to huge. be able to do that. Yeah, it's huge. Because now the new Legoland, or there's like... Legoland's a lot of fun. It's down here. It's actually pretty close to my house. Yeah, what's that like? It's awesome. I love Legoland. Like, um, it's not necessarily nearly as big, or it it doesn't have, like, these huge iconic rides like Disneyland. But it's so cool. Like, it's geared towards more imagination, and um, the way it's laid out, it's a lot, like, wider, I guess. Like, it's not so congested. It's not like a ride on top of a ride on top of a ride, so it's really cool. And like some of the rides, you have to like propel yourself, like using like a pedal, and like you go That's upside. Awesome. It's really awesome. I I think um, if yeah, I try to go to like a land like once a year and stuff. It's a lot of fun. And I wonder if I should take a visit. Um, you should. Yeah. yeah, you should. I mean, you're pretty close. It's right down here. Really, it's pretty close. It's like two hours away. Yeah. For you, it's and it's it's a ton of fun. Um, but like I said, it's not like iconic disney stuff um which nothing is disney is itself it's just this awesome thing but um they do such a really wonderful job for you know and for lego basically you know they have all these like really fun things but it i must say though it's mostly geared towards younger kids so yeah just you know heads up but they have a water park too that's a lot of fun so it's perfect for you (laughs) no it's 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 a lot of fun but yeah theme parks in general are really interesting i always i don't know i have mixed feelings about them but i think it's just because they're not made for me anymore so (laughs) and having a kid and, and that whole process of bringing a kid to these things is just like a whole different experience so yeah so hey have you always lived in uh in california no, no, I moved around a lot. Okay. Growing up, but I, um, when I moved out, I was moved out when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I left my mom from Hawaii and I came, stayed out here, and I was just staying here. So I've been here since then, because I decided okay. just to stay. But yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome place to stay. I've never been to San Diego, but um, I mean, I've been. I I used to live in LA for a little bit while I was attending uh, concept design academy. Mm. That's best name for a school ever. Um, <laughs> it's direct, but uh, yeah. But I love Santa Monica, man. I think uh, I think I need to move here. It's it's like I've always felt like Los Angeles was felt like more home to me than Vancouver. Mm. Uh, it's a bit cold up there. Yeah, I, I guess it rains and stuff, but it's just culture, too. Even. Yeah, it is expensive. I mean, like I think Santa Monica is pretty 
comparable to Vancouver. I live in downtown Vancouver, and it's like, um, yeah, it gets pretty pricey. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think I want to like think about start thinking about moving to LA. Yeah, LA's but, um, yeah, yeah. LA's got a lot of cool stuff. I'm not a big fan of that city, but it's got a lot of cool stuff to offer. It's such a huge city and spread out so like large. But yeah, have yeah. you have you spent any time down in San Diego? No, not at all. Yeah, you should check I've it out. Only, I've only spent time in Pasadena and now Santa Monica. And uh, Pasadena's nice. I like Pasadena, yeah, it's, it's got like the old town charm with like the um, the access to a, a really large metropolitan city, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Yeah, LA is weird. It's interesting, but Santa Monica's can be fun too. You should definitely come down to San Diego. Check out like Carlsbad and Del Mar and La Jolla. Yeah. La Jolla is like the ritzy part, though. It's really expensive down there. It's really nice. Um, yeah. yeah, I always say that people that live in L.A. live there to work, and then people that live in San Diego live to live. It's That's like, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more people that are like raising families or they don't really care about work as much as like wanting to just enjoy their lives, which is really cool. It's just good to be around, you know? So, yeah. Which you is, ever been uh, – oh, sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, uh, have you been to Vancouver? I have not. I've heard many cool things about it, and I really want to. I think I've only it's, passed through Canada briefly. Okay. It's pretty small. I'm like, I think the population of Vancouver is less than 2 million. Whoa, that's really small. Yeah, so, super small. reason I thought it was a lot bigger. No, I mean, you can walk from one part of downtown to the other part in like less than 40 minutes. Okay. And, uh, and it's like San Francisco. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's pretty similar. It's very centralized, right? And I think the thing with LA, it's like a sprawl, right? Like if you want to go, go <laughs> hang out with your friends, like everyone lives like an hour away, and when you're at that place, you have to basically spend like three hours there because nothing's within walking distance. But Vancouver's, I guess, like San Fran's, like you know, it's the opposite. You can walk everywhere, and it's pretty cool for that. If it wasn't, if it didn't rain as much as it, as it did, it would be the absolute perfect city. But it does rain a shitload. So. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's right above Washington. Washington gets crazy amounts yeah. of rain too. But super lush though. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know about you, but I'm really influenced by the environment around me. Like the if it's rainy all the time, like I get in shitty mood. You know. Oh, dude, like me, absolutely. Yeah, um, I couldn't do it then. No, I can't. I can't handle that stuff. Everyone in Vancouver like just kind of tries to soldier on. I'm making it sound way more dramatic than it actually is, but sure. When you like bleak, you well, know, we're artists, we're emotional, for sure, bro. <laughs> but yeah, when you get those like bleak, cloudy skies and like that heavy downpour of rain for like a month straight, you're not gonna. I don't know. It might keep you inside and maybe work harder, but I don't know. It's it's depressing. And when yeah. you come down here, like we woke up early, grabbed an awesome brunch, and then just biked around for like three hours and it was awesome like i can never do that in vancouver in october it's crazy yeah you get a chance to live i was i talk a bit about this because my good buddy anthony he's up in uh, toronto and he really likes when the snow just buries them because it pushes him inside and he just like you know gets in the grind mode and works yeah. And he doesn't have the outside distraction like I do. Like it's a fucking gorgeous day out and I feel like a shithead for sitting inside, you know? So there's like two sides to that. Absolutely. And I guess it just depends on like I don't know, your desire to try new things or wanting to try and 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that your environment, I grew up, I also lived in Vermont and it would get really, we had some, a really crazy ass winter. And I remember that feeling though, of just being Man. snowed in basically. Um, and, I couldn't imagine going from Hawaii to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My mom was a vagabond. So we moved around a lot, like, uh, every year or so I'd move to a different school. She just like traveling around a lot. I hated it because it was like, I could never had consistency, but I'm thankful now, you know, looking back on it, all that stuff. But where did yeah. you grow up in uh, in Hawaii? Uh, I I lived on four islands. I lived on the Big Island, um, yeah. Maui, Lanai, and uh, Oahu. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of moving around. Yeah, I've got to go. I've been to Maui once when I was 13, but yeah. um, so that's a really great island too. It has all the it has almost the same amount of spectrum of environment as the big island because it's got the crazy volcano yeah it goes up above like i think it hits to like thirteen thousand square feet, or thirteen thousand uh feet elevation or something like that it's crazy yeah. i'd love to do um go back man go to Kauai thought, though yeah dude i'd love to do mushrooms in hawaii <laughs> that would be awesome experience yeah it's um, kind of a common thing i think a lot of people um do mushrooms out there or they or they that's like a, I know the locals do. When yeah. I when I lived there, I was straight edge. I didn't do any drugs at all. I haven't did any drugs until I was like thirty years old, and it was very chill. It was just weed. It wasn't even anything hard. And and um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think that would be an actually a, a interesting place to have that experience. You know. Well, I just hear that the um, the the spiritual uh, energy and Maui is like very centralized because of the volcano. It's like apparently where, I don't know who I heard this from, but it's like the center of like really good positive energy in the world. And mm-hmm. when you go there, you can like, they, it's going to sound very bro sciencey, but they say that when you, you're on mushrooms, you can like, if you want to feel what God is like the beauty of that, then you, you feel it when you're on mushrooms. And, and like, since like Maui is like this epicenter of like positivity, like you feel like really, really good vibes there. So just as interesting. A, yeah. Well, I think, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I don't know the science of, of mushrooms and stuff. I haven't looked into it, but I imagine it possibly activates the pineal gland, which is like the God gland, the third yeah. eye and all that kind of stuff. So exactly. perhaps, perhaps it will. And, and, and Maui's great. I would, if you ever go back to Hawaii, I would highly recommend uh, you go to Kauai personally okay cool. Uh, Kauai is is the oldest of the islands that are the big islands at least the larger ones um and it's it's one of the wettest ones but it's just um i don't know like like i said i've, I've lived for like se- i think seven or eight years of my life i spent in hawaii on the four different islands and uh yeah. i just revisited Kauai. that was the first time in my life it was when i turned 30 and I, I hiked this trail. You should check it out. It's called the Kalalau Trail. It's 12 miles along the northern uh, ridge of the cliffs. That takes you to like this isolated, like white sand beach. It's amazing. Um, right, it's down. That sounds awesome. Oh, it's the, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life of yeah. everything. Um, it was this spiritual like rite of passage, I suppose. Um, that sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I went with one of my best friends, and and when you hike around, if you get if you look at pictures of Kauai, um, it's the landscape is a lot different from any of the other islands because it's it's a lot older and and therefore the rain has eaten away at it. So it's like all these ridges, really really sharp ridges, and 
as you go out, um, you you just keep going further and further. But every when you're when you're hiking along these cliffs, it's it's incredibly dangerous. Two people die there all the time on this hike. I think like one person a month or something like that perishes. But they're idiots, I'm sure, so they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to be you got to be a pretty much a dummy dummy, or you go like when it's like flooding or something, and then you fall off the cliff and die. But um, that <laughs> sounds horrible. But you got to be aware and. That's probably what made the experience so amazing because, like, you could die, and it makes you really aware of everything. Um, your heightened, your experience, and but you go in, and then you go back up, and every hike through the the ridges of the island was like, you know, an elevation change of like 800 to 1,000 feet. So you're constantly going up and down and climbing. But every time you come out to the edge of these like ridges, it's like the most amazing thing you've ever seen, and you're seeing like whales out in like the ocean, like, and you're looking down like. 3,000 feet of cliff and it's just I don't know how to explain it it's just wow. um, I don't think it's nothing can. like it yeah we went up to the top too of, and looked down um, and uh, yeah I got like vertigo it was really crazy uh, yeah but there was nothing I've never experienced anything even close to that in my entire life Hawaii is Kauai itself is is an island that owns my heart and I can't wait to go back someday and just I'm just gonna live there and just stay there I'm never gonna come back here it's just Dude. super powerful yeah that, that that would make me very happy for you that sounds awesome I you, definitely want to go on that trail and check that out yeah I think you would from the sounds of what you're talking about wanting to do I would highly recommend you taking that journey and anybody that's listening get a chance to go to to go to hawaii i mean every island offers its own unique beautiful thing but um my experience thus far in my entire life of living there of the time that i've been is Kauai is so special yeah it's a very special spiritual place you're very connected with nature and you're humbled and reminded that you're just an animal that you know walks this earth <laughs> and you're yeah. just you're just a very small animal and you're just humbled by that you know yeah yeah it's unlike I, anything though i do want to say as a disclaimer i'm not a i'm not at all a heavy drug user <laughs> like uh, i smoke weed like maybe once every two months uh, i don't know but mushrooms is something i've done three times and it's just it's been like really beautiful experiences well, that's good that's- I've heard that people have. Re- I've heard so many mixed things. I've had close friends that have tried it once and had horrible like experiences. And sure, that's good that you've had good ones. You must have been smart about it because it seems like people that make bad decisions, like they do yeah. that around people they don't trust or they don't like or in bad yeah. environments. It's like, dude, I always equate it's- it to like drug. If you're gonna try any of that stuff, it's like you wouldn't watch like the Dark Knight on your iPhone in the desert yeah. with the sun in your face. You know, like don't be stupid. You know, that's a stupid decision. Like same thing with anything, you know? So it's just a matter of how was it for you? Just kind of like set yourself up for a better experience. Um, yeah, all three experiences. I, I did it with like, um, close friends, people I I really trusted and just, we were kind of all after the same thing, just kind of, um, (laughs) trip the fuck out. No, I mean, we were like, I don't know, just all interested in the same reasons. The last time I tried it was, the most amazing uh, night of my life, without a doubt. It was um, there's this place in Nanaimo, uh, which is an island uh, on Vancouver Island, and it's called Tofino. This place, and uh, you basically go there to surf. It's like a, a retreat. It's really beautiful. It's got like a beautiful harbor and you know, beautiful forests. You can hike, you can do this hike and you can visit like a world, world war two crashed 
plane and it's awesome and uh so all i did there was like basically surf and then like hang out with like friends from work and we just had a great time and built bonfires and and then uh we had a house by the beach and like we had a bonfire and then under like the most stars i've ever seen in my life like it was just like the galaxy we did uh mushrooms like me and some close friends um and I just, I don't know, it was just beautiful. It was like, I, I, like I received answers to things and I just, mushrooms to me is about like connectivity. It just kind of tells you that we're all connected, everything, everyone in some way. And it just kind of, I don't know, opens doors and ideas to possibilities you didn't consider. I don't know, it was pretty, pretty cool. It seems to be a real common thing with that, that and, and just, you know, there's lots of like a, MDMA or Molly and all these different kind of yeah. things. Um, I'm always curious to see like how is it possible to get that same experience without necessarily being on the the uh, under the influence. And and I, I I'm curious if you ever get a chance to go out and do that experience in Kauai, try try and do one of those journeys without anything. And I and I'm curious to see if you'll have that like that God moment, the aha moment, the moment yeah. of reality, the moment of humbleness. I don't know. It's, I, I've, that's the kind of thing that I felt like I experienced there. I, I would absolutely not do it if I went to Kauai. I, I mean, uh, it's because I went to this place before I went to this place last year and I thought, I always thought like, Oh, maybe it'd be interesting if I tried that. But I, if I went to any place, I always want to experience it just kind of with my mind that I have. I don't, you know, because, you know, when you take drugs, it does enhance and it kind of, you know, puts this layer on top of things. And I think it's important to experience things without drug-inducing yourself, you know. But, sure. I guess I just, it's all within reason, you know. I mean, it's, it's, that's the fun thing about life is it's up to you and the decisions that you make, either whether they're good or bad or they're harmful or realistic or not. I mean, I always, the one thing that um, I always remember and have friends and we've talked about it too is like, um, you got to be cautious of your equilibrium within the life that you live. And if you push too far beyond that stretch of what that equilibrium is, which is reality, um, if you take too much drugs and you, you lose trace with what reality actually is, then you're really running into a possible problem with yourself internally, the communication that you have within yourself and the world around you, you know, and yeah. that's when it's, that's when, um, it becomes a harmful experience, I think for people. But it's it's really interesting though. I'm always really curious of all this stuff because it's it's like really fun and interesting to be cautious and curious and wonder yeah. about it, you know. And I have a lot of friends that are still straight edge and don't do any drugs. I have a lot of friends that do. I have you know, it's just really interesting. And having grown up around it, it's just really for me. It's just a really interesting thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just really. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. For sure. <laughs> so yeah. art <laughs> yeah let's talk about art i mean this you know this all this stuff influences art i think for sure um this is art man this is art living is art i think yeah. m some of my favorite artists i always reflect on them i just read stephen king's um memoirs oh yeah how was that it's fucking fantastic i read it it was like 400 pages i read it in four sittings which is pretty quick oh, dude because it's really fun and he writes like stephen king is a master of writing for like people like myself i think who aren't I, I, I have a hard time reading stuff with like heavy literature or just really like 
I call it like word salad, where it's just like too much. Shit, like Lord of the Rings, like a three hundred page trek through the forest. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 I, I can follow the Hobbit. I read the Hobbit at a young, 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 young age, and I read the rest of them pretty quickly after. I think, um, but the way he articulated things in in the first part of the book, he was explaining like all these really weird personal stories, like how he would get crazy earaches when he grew up, and like having to go to the doctor and the doctor would say like don't worry about it it, it won't be painful and then stabbing his ear with a needle and then like Whoa, said stephen king yeah yeah it's really fantastic and and Whoa. just these stories that he would tell and or about like this one uh babysitter that was like fat that would sit on him and like fart on him and like um, made him eat all this food and then he threw up all over his mom's like stuff and it was like it's, it's like all these really funny candid things and and basically what he was saying is is I'm myself and I write from the world that I know. And it's very, it's very common for him to write. Like think about how many of his stories are about a, an author, you know, an, a yeah. writer. They're almost all of them, you know, a huge or amount artist. of them. Yeah, or so. artist. Uh, Misery or uh, The Shining, you know. And, and what's really crazy is yeah. I, got a, I got to re- read up on a personal thing about him where he was saying, how heavily influenced he was on uh, alcohol and drugs. He became an addict and how he was saying that misery was actually his, his coping through uh, his alcohol addiction. Like he felt trapped by alcohol and, and that was misery for him. And it's really, it was fucking kind of fantastic. Um, but in the rest of the book is wonderful. I highly recommend it for anybody, um, that's curious about writing, but also just curious about one of the best authors that we've had. Um, Cause he's, just, he's, he's so much fun to read. His books are a lot of fun, but yeah, I haven't, I feel like I haven't read enough of his, I mean, of course I've seen a lot of his movies, but mm. I don't feel like I've read enough of his books to kind of earn to read his memoirs, but I definitely do want to check, check out more of his books. I mean, yeah, if he you're puts ever... out like 17 a year, right? <laughs> crazy like that? No, he slowed down a lot. Um, yeah. He's a bit oh. older now. I think he's got it. Let's see. I think he's like 60 something now. Let's see, Steve. Oh, it seems like he should be older, but yeah. Um, he was. He's 67. Yeah. Yeah. His 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 son Joe Hill uh, read one of his books. Um, it's called Heart Shaped Box, I think. Let me see, Joe Hill. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, Heart Shaped Box. That was fun. It was. He, you know, it's got to be really challenging for Joe that's, you know, underneath the king of uh, horror, basically. Um, but he did a really great job. I thought it was a lot of fun. There was um, there was a lot He's of... a horror author, author as well? Yeah. I think. Well, I think he writes also writes stuff for, like, comics and stuff, too. Um, I'm going to try and get him on the podcast to see if... It, awesome. That would be cool. He seems like a really interesting character. It must be really interesting to live... Um, with a dad who has that presence in the world and then also decide to do this similar kind of thing. That's a lot of, that's a huge shoe to fill, you know, even if you don't intentionally want to or don't, aren't trying to, it's like the world's going to put you there, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I think, and if you mentioned like Stephen King's films, um, it's funny because his long version novels like never translate well to film but his short stories do like the body is one of the like a short story that he wrote um that eventually turned into stand by me which is probably the best adapted 
thing, and he actually doesn't like this shiny. I he, forgot that that was a Stephen King movie. Yeah, oh. it's it's a short story because the way that he was saying how he writes books is that he would sit every day. He would get up in the morning and then write at least two thousand words every morning, what? and uh, which isn't that much. It's like an hour and no, a half to two hours of work. I mean, the consistency. It's crazy. Yeah, well, you have to, you know, like in order to get a book done, and it's it's fucking amazing. Like, because I'm writing right now, so I'm really fascinated about the process and. And so he would write, and then he, his first edition of the, his first draft of a book, he keeps the door closed, doesn't let the world in, and he just gets all these ideas out. He calls it like extracting, like almost like he relates it to extracting like bones on a, a, a site, you know, like where you're extracting it, um, a T-Rex bones, and you're just kind of right. slowly finding different like things that are coming to you. Because a, a great story will write itself, basically, because it'll tell you what, if you know what people are, like your story will just naturally write itself. And so he would write the first draft, and then uh, he would go and clean it up and then show his wife, because his wife is his ideal reader, and he has her articulate it, and she kind of gives him, like, the, the really honest truth about, like, her, her expression, her, her um, interaction with it, and then he goes back, but he sets, uh, I think after the second draft or whatever, there's a moment after he writes something that he, he leaves it, uh, he hides it away from himself for, I think, a, a month or two. And then he writes a, a short story, and then when he writes these short stories, it's like the story that, like the Green Mile or the Body, or um, there's a there's a quite a few short stories that he's written that got turned into to films, and I think they translate so well because it was like his transitional period. They were really weird and fresh, and they were short, so the film was able to adapt it better rather than being so stuck to a really amazing narrative because that's really interesting if you really think about i mean i don't know this is just me articulating shit out of it but it's really hard to make a film off of something that's a powerful book because you can there's no way in hell you can ever conceive like uh, an author could sit there for 10 pages and tell you about this guy's mood inside of a building you know and a film might only have i don't know 300 frames or something like that or you know a minute or something and you have to be in tuned and, and, and paying attention and looking at the actor and not everybody can act as good as Jack Nicholson and you know and then there's always the factor of like how many times you blink while you watch a film like an average audience uh, misses 15 minutes of a two-hour film because they're blinking you know so, so it's like what yeah because if you think about it the the ratio of how much you blink and then how that plays in with two hours if you blink every I don't know so some odd seconds but do you think that's accurate? Because I've I read that. Yeah, we blink as much as watching a movie, right? As no, I think uh, I've read the statistics from like uh, I think there was a, a group of people that did a, um, a study on it just to see, and it was based off of like editors because they're trying to figure out, you know, like the science of editing, how to put it all together, and and, and also oh. about the viewer. And so, in a two-hour film. Uh, the audience, on average, the audience is 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 missing 15 minutes of that film due Whoa. to blink, due to blinking. So yeah, so that's also part of it. So it's just basically the translation, you know. So, but yeah, so I nerded out on it. But that um, it's crazy how like he absolutely doesn't need to keep writing because he's a multi-millionaire. I would hope, but he does anyway. And even at this age, I mean, maybe not as much, but yeah. It's, it's pretty fucking admirable. His his recent film, his recent book, uh, Doctor Sleep, was a lot of fun. It was the story that take place after The Shining, so it's the same universe, 
Um, But the thing also in his book, I'll I'll get off the Stephen King tip here in a minute, but the thing that he says at the end of his book, which I felt was really great and it makes a lot of sense, is he said, said, yes, it's amazing. I'm so thankful to be able to have made a living and and succeeded off of this thing. And he's a very hardworking person, but he said, I never, he said, you know, of course I want to provide for my family, but I never did it to make a buck. It wasn't about that. Like he said, bluntly that I would just, I would have just kept doing it even if I didn't get paid. This is just what I do. And I felt that was really true to me and true to me and other artists that I see that do great work is because like they're, they're possessed, they're composed. Like, like there's a reason why some of us stay up, you know, till four o'clock in the morning writing or drawing or conceiving or building ideas. It's the possession. And, uh, like you either have it or you don't, and I think that's really what separates the top tier, the cream of the crop. Really, is yeah. people that do it. Successful people do what regular people don't want to. That's just that's basically what it is. It's energy, you know. It's like if, yeah. you, if if you're forcing that stuff, it won't come out well. And art and writing and all this stuff is a communicative language, and people will feel that restraint and restriction in your work and uh it's all energy man it's all energy people pick up on that even they don't have to be an artist to pick up on that they could just oh, yeah. you know it's it's like the way we look at people you know how often do you look at somebody and retain a, a long eye contact i mean i i don't know it's like, kind of like the same thing if you're reading a really honest heavy book i mean how often how heavy are you going to get into it or looking at a really fantastic painting you know it's like it's all communication. It's just different ways of communication, which is really interesting. But it's very true. Um, one guy from Pixar had an open letter. It was like a few years back, and he was saying that, um, like, three percent of like work is like that creative, really inspirational burst of like you know excitement. Like, oh my god, this idea is amazing. I can't wait to pursue this. And then like the other 97% is just like that really slow trudging hard work. <laughs> it's true. It's like, you know, it's like when you think about all those like motivated, motivational like videos or just like those talks and it amps you up. It's like, those are great for like that 3%. But when you think of like the successful people, I feel like they live more, not boring, but like more focused and simple lives because they understand like that 97% is like, they just got to trudge the mud and it's just like that constant like work and like something that you have to get habitually, you know, it's not something that's given to you by like, uh, like a spark of, um, inspiration, you know? So that's something that I'm still trying to work for. Like, you know, I, I've, I've been reading that, uh, that book had a, you had a, that frog book? What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Eating frogs with omelets. No, it's a uh, um, <laughs> with omelets. <laughs> um, eat that frog is what it's called. Yeah, it's like with any book. It's just kind of like how things are a habit and sure. Got to keep doing it. But there's so many books that say the same thing, and it's so funny how they're all famous in their own right, and they all kind of yeah. It's just how they capture people's imaginations. But I couldn't agree more with that Pixar guy. There's always that saying like. Hard. I mean, amazing stuff is like what one percent inspiration, ninety nine percent perspiration. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's about routine and habit and ritual and uh, you know putting in that hard work. It's it's kind of interesting. Even when I would read the book with a master writer and author of Stephen King, and can tell like how hard it is for him every day. Even to yeah. it's not necessarily hard, but he still 
you know, n nobody's getting up and wiping his ass. He has to get up and put the hard work in, and uh, it's a choice, you know. He could easily just be like, fuck writing. I'm not doing writing anymore because yeah. I don't have to do any writing ever again, and I'm fine. Okay, so this is something that I don't know if you um, kind of relate to this, but uh, I think of guys like Stephen King and like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. I find it for myself, I always seem to like get bored and I jump from one thing to the other, you know, and you look at guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you, uh, in his book, he talks about like when I, when I, when I was working out, I just worked out. I mean, like I went to parties and I hung out with friends and, you know, but I was just working out and he's like, and then once I finished that, I did something else and I just focus on that. And it's, it's really crazy and admirable to me, like how these like really some really successful people and artists just continue to do the same stream of work and it's it feels like success is like um a series of like successful actions in sequence and you just kind of have to go through like the monotony of it not monotony but like you know if I'm, am i making sense I don't know, just oh, kind absolutely of, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that you can even use bruce lee as an example you sure. know like sure. um he's a he's a phenomenal influence on me as a person um, but yeah, even Arnold, I mean, Arnold is like, I read his, uh, or actually I listened to his, it was an autobiography. Yeah. Yeah. And I listened to it too. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, I love the part where he's like, where he's, uh, um, doing, the, what do you call it when they're, uh, dictating their own. When he's doing the tank stuff. Narrate, when he's narrating it. It's, oh yeah. His narration is fantastic. I was like, oh, he's going to narrate the whole thing. And then when another guy came in, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he, the rest, right. It's the guy from, uh avatar the general guy oh that makes sense i mean it, it's not like it was horrible it was it was great no. it's just like nobody can be arnold you know <laughs> like oh. so it was yeah that was i really enjoyed that but yeah he arnold is one of those characters i always remember is like you know you could be this scrawny kid from another country and you can come over to america and just dominate if you really want to and you just have to be focused you know and um it's just it's up to you and 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 i think he he said something really great in an inspirational speech he he was using uh he was saying that um you can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket you know it's like you got to get out there and fucking do it and um you know there's people who are going to say you're stupid or you're dumb or don't try that or it's never been done but those are that's when it's time to do it because it's untapped territory and stuff you know and all these inspirational things and it's so easy to hear the hear that from a successful person go like yeah okay that makes yeah. sense like but it's it's one it's one thing to hear that and do it but that's another to like sit there and deal with your parents or your loved ones and saying like you suck or you should stop or when are you going to get a job or you know all that kind of stuff and then per sure. persevere and pushing through because i think it's really ironic is when you're in the hardest part of your journey um when everybody's against you or whatever um, it's almost like if you can really push through it and stick through it, it's like the biggest reward is going to come from that. Um, but you got to be cautious of how much of your soul you lose. <laughs> I watched this really fantastic documentary uh, recently called Print the Legend. I think it's called Print the Legend. Okay. Uh, Legend. I posted up on Twitter and Facebook. I try to share all this stuff with everybody. Um, it was about um, the 3D printing um, industry. Oh, the 3D printing, yeah. Yeah, like um, MakerBot and uh, what's the other one? There's a couple other ones. Um, it was really interesting. It started really slow, and I, I almost stopped watching it. It took like 30 minutes to really kick in, but it was building all the characters and everything. And um, 
you know, it's really interesting um, just about like how much you, you got to be really cautious of how successful you want to be and the, the limit and, and how far you're willing to go in order to get that success. And it was kind of, I won't want I don't want to spoil it. I think if you're listening to this or, you, you know, you should check it out. I think it's really fantastic and really interesting um, how they put it all together. And it was a really well-crafted documentary. I, I freaking love good documentaries. And that was, that was a recent one that I really enjoyed, but to go back on talking about the idea of, of sacrifice and stuff like, sacrifice is huge man yeah that's the biggest that's the that's the big thing isn't it it is absolutely is do you feel like you struggle with how much to sacrifice and what to um yeah all the time all the time man i feel like uh yeah i mean like i feel like everyone does but maybe i'm especially hard on myself but i feel like why would you be hard on yourself it's like how you're raised or yeah i mean uh no, I mean, like, my parents weren't, like, especially, like, hard on me, but um, I guess uh, it's just part of my Polish-Croatian culture, perhaps. But, um, mm. yeah, no, I just, I'm very self-critical of my own work, and um, sometimes it's good to be humble, but sometimes I get in my own way. But, uh, a lot of good artists do that. Like, uh, oh, go on, sorry. No, no, I don't mean, didn't mean to interrupt. I was just saying that a lot of good artists do that. Yeah, it, it, it sucks when it gets... To, it, when it happens to your own detriment, you know, like, yes. uh, it's always yeah. good to be humble, but you know, yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Just sometimes it's good to shut up and get to work. <laughs> I, always, like, I always feel like when you're overcompensating with your humbleness is like, you're really afraid that you're an egomaniac and you're trying to keep that genie like in the bottle, you know? Sure. Cause yeah. that's sometimes I feel that I see that in my own self or I see it in other artists and it, when it becomes your own detriment, that's really when you can tell that, you're you're trying to hide you're overcompensating you know yeah and you're trying not to like let that beast out or whatever it is you know like i could be completely wrong and everybody's different obviously but um i think it's important to be humble though but sorry what were you saying oh just speaking of like sacrifice it's like um uh well i just lost my train of thought jesus um sacrifice yeah it's like getting to work and getting work done like i there's often times where I'll like, I'll stay in and do work, but, and I, I, I'll feel like I'm working and I'm pretty sure people can relate to this, but, um, and I'll have like, it's weird cause I'll make plans with people and I'll be like, okay, I'll be done at this time and I'll <laughs> see, but then I don't get that much work done. I'm like, why the fuck? What was I doing? And I realize I'll be like, always like fucking around sometimes or just like going on Facebook to check something. And it's, mm-hmm. it's only minutes here and there, but like every minute you spend like kind of bullshitting it's like it takes so much longer to get your focus and concentration back at the task of pen and uh daily goal planning has honestly changed my life that's like, good do you do the day before do you plan it all out i don't do the day before um you should try that if you yeah. have a hard time with your focus you should try it the day of seems to work pretty okay i just do it the morning of and uh i do want to get to working out the first thing in the morning that's good uh, you should because like i i was delaying that till like the very end of my work day and mm-hmm. it kind of just it was so horrible Done. to look forward to yeah but, uh, i moved it to lunch and that's way better so if you do it in the beginning of your day I've, I've, i found the success is way greater because like my butt my blood is all pumping like and i come yeah. to work and i'm like i'm drained of all my anger not anger but like my 
that kind of energy. Not that, and I'm not trying to say it's anger because like I go and do, I train jujitsu for two hours in the morning. Yeah. And so like I get out all that energy basically. And then I can yeah. refocus on other things, but I don't know. Like I talked a lot about this and the psychology of planning and stuff with Vitaly. And Vitaly is a machine and he's just, he just produces amount of work that I think yeah. is unparalleled. Like nobody can produce the same. And I, and he's That's not how he does it, man. Well, it's um, I know, I know, I know a vague amount because I'm a friend of his, and I get an understanding of how he does it. But a big part of it is visualization and 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 organizing time um, because he's just like us. We only had we only have a certain amount of time, and and so he he really got me into planning the night before. And the reason why, and the only thing I'll say, and and I've tried both of them, and I and I always plan the day before, especially if it's a really busy day the next day is is when you sit there in bed and wherever you're sitting to to decide tomorrow's efforts and stuff and the time that you allowed for these things, you write them all out. And if you really sit there and you think about it, like there's a process I think that happens and maybe not everybody will agree with me. They don't want to work while they sleep and stuff. And maybe I'm crazy. And so is Vitaly. And I think we are a little unbalanced and, but um, it's just, that's part of our nature. We want to be really productive. But so you sit there and you think about it, you really manifest it, you visualize it, um, really think about it. Think about all the things you need to do, really like meditate on it, like focus on it. Like tomorrow I have to do this. So I have to really think about my plans and my approaches, my steps to it. And so you think about it and you go to bed with that thought, you seeing these thoughts in your head and you kind of work them out. Um, by the time you wake up in the morning, you kind of have a lot of ammo. So when you start the day, you go, I already know what I'm supposed to do. I've already thought yeah. about it. I've already had like a night to sleep on it. Like I've already had all this time. And I think that for me, I think it's helped a lot with the productive energy because um, it's challenging, you know. But I have like seven things going on at the same time right now, aside from family and stuff. So I have a lot of different things happening. But they're all happening. Crazy. And they're you all do a lot of you, man. Crazy. Yeah, but I think it's just like time management, you know. Like Vitaly's shown me a uh, a lot of really wonderful things and a lot of my friends and different people and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm always curious about that. And I'm always, I don't know. I feel bad. I don't want to be preachy, but I, if anybody, yeah, if anybody's like, cause I, I get a lot of that too, is like how do you, how to be productive and how to keep that steam going and stuff. And I, it really is steam, right? You know, it's like, you only have so much of it. And, uh, it's like when do you do the big blast of steam, and that's what that eat the eat the frog book is like. Pretty much preaches the biggest idea of that book is to do your hardest, the most taxing thing that you could do in the day. Do it at the beginning, face yeah. it head on, and tackle it. Get it done, and then you're free. Yeah, see, I was approaching. Uh, I do uh, I do Muay Thai and Krav Maga and the gym, and right. uh, I, awesome. I was approaching those things as like going to church in a weird way. Mm. Not, not, not that I go to church, but like, you know, it's kind of the thing that you have to do just to get over with. Sure. And I was like, yeah, they're just activities that I do, but in actuality, n- not, not the martial arts. Cause I was, I, I always look forward to that, but going to the gym, it's not always fun. And I always kind of dreaded that. So, um, I think putting that at the beginning of your day, it kind of would give you, I, I imagine like this sense of, uh, like accomplishment and, it's just, it's just, it's like, as you said, it's like a, it's like a train, you know, just if you constantly do actions and you get them done and you accomplish them, it, it'll just make you feel so much better about 
yourself and getting tasks done and yeah man like we're, just, we're, we're, yeah we're creatures of 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 um, action and reaction and reward and stuff you know and if you can give yourself like i am the happiest when i'm accomplishing things aren't you yeah i feel yeah. amazing like i feel fucking like yeah like when i when i at the end of the day and i checked off like, all these 20 things or some bullshit that i have to do dude i love those check marks man oh, <laughs> so good <laughs> if i can get to 80 percent, i'm like yeah if i can get to 100 percent, i'm like fucking yeah like i'm fucking own this day like i feel so great like everything was accomplished and and everything got done um yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and and if you can set yourself up with a reward system of some sort that allows you to have that, then, you know, because it's not all hard work, you know, there's got to be moments of, of, of enjoyment. And, and I'm not talking about like, you know, going out and partying and stuff like that. That's actually almost opposite. It's almost like rewards in the sense of like, yeah, man, of acknowledging yourself, self worth, your self accomplishment. It's like more of an internal social, like spiritual thing, you know. Man, going on that, going on that note, that's a huge thing that only recently, in the last what two, three years, I've been actually letting myself enjoy. Which is, I think, the word. It's a, it's like joy for me. You know, it's like I, I would constantly be working, mm-hmm. and then just be in this haze of like. Like, okay, what's next? What's next? And not actually living life. Sure. Should have been. And like, well, how old are you? I'm 29 now. Yeah, it's grind mode, you know? Yeah, man. It's like, it's getting there. But uh, it's like when you get that work done or uh, when you when you constantly go in this phase, you don't realize what you're doing it for. And it's funny because we're in like the art business and like the way we separate each other from like the next guy is by like, how interesting we are individually and what we bring to the table. And yeah. if we're not living life and doing things like having that joy, like me being on vacation, which is something I'd never would do yeah. like before is like this trip is completely adding to my life experience and therefore my art. And it's just something that I'm very thankful that I'm doing now. So it's, it's awesome. It's and challenging I, to do that though. Right. You know, especially if you're in the grind mode, you know, you don't want to stop. Yeah. It's like a fear. It's got you by the balls. <laughs> it's kind of like a cheat day, but like you need you need it to like yes. kind of reset. And you know, I don't know. It's it's cool. Uh, I I especially like that thing going back to Vitali stuff about like emptying your cup. I think that was the most mm. uh, thought provoking thing I heard of that podcast. It was just it it it's so true. Like you have all this information, and like the only way to kind of learn more is to like empty your cup out. And like I don't know. I've I don't know. It's it's awesome. Fuck, I love that dude. <laughs> He's such a rad guy. Like, yeah, it's it it's uh, yeah. That whole that whole talk was incredibly inspirational for me, and I just felt yeah. I don't know. It was like a breath of fresh air. It's like all these thoughts that I had in my head. They all kind of culminated into this rationale. Um, yeah, and that's that's really one of them. I feel like I haven't lived up to the to that though. I was going to do some tutorials. You ever do tutorials? I did one for Gumroad, and that was that was kind of interesting because I was giving away all my secrets, and I was just showing how I, you know, cheated, quote unquote, with like photos and stuff, and <laughs> how I didn't actually draw that much. And I'm like, hey, that's what I do, and I felt I felt so much better. I'm like, and then when I once I finished the tutorial, I'm like, great, I can learn more things and share that too. And it's I love what Anthony Jones does. Like he just yes. doesn't give a shit. He's just like, yeah, like I just want you to know what I know. Just I want you to be successful. Let's yeah out. and that's like the best way to AJ's live he's a great guy yeah he's he's very free he's just such an he's such a he's such a cool dude 
he is yeah he's a he's a pretty special dude when yeah, it comes yeah. to like he's gonna do some really big things i think i really yeah, can man. start to see it i sent you a link to him and i posted it up on all the social stuff today um he has a, a Ustream, a robot pencil Ustream. Uh, number four is the one I was listening to today, and I actually sent it to you in Skype. But it's he's just kind of breaking down his his concepts and talks with his friend about the industry and where it could go. And he's just so optimistic, and that energy and his understanding of things. Like you know, he broke he broke down kind of like Steve Jobs and how Steve did Apple and how he outsourced, and people were getting mad at him and all these really interesting points, but. You know, most artists don't really um, get into that kind of the method, that that understanding of business and the world around you and stuff. And I, I feel like Anthony's really he, he's going to be a millionaire uh, fast, <laughs> and uh, and I'm just really happy for him. And I just and even um, whatever I hope that works out for him and everything. But he's just a he's just a great really cool dude and wicked talented and just he's yeah. got this, man what's up with you dudes being dads and getting shit done <laughs> <laughs> well, when, you, when you when you get become a dad i think you just when you're responsible for somebody's like life their no existence time to fuck around kind yeah of you just you just can't you know like there's no time to there there is time to dick around it's just your choice you know i think it's a choice a responsibility not everybody gets that switch and i think that that switch happened to me and it definitely happened to anthony but you know even with vitaly vitaly's not a dad but he's i think he treats his career as his baby you know yeah like he treats it with like nurture and care and like gives it all the right things that it needs and it's growing so powerful you know um, but yeah, AJ is a great guy and that you stream today was really a lot of fun listening to him articulate the business. I mean, it's all his own opinions and you can decide what you want, but for me, it's really right there with the way I think about a lot of things. It was really interesting hearing him articulate. Um, we've had him on a couple of times too, which is a lot of fun. He's always, yeah, always those good talks, man. make fun of one another and stuff. I have a lot of fun talking about shit, but, but yeah, enough about AJ. I really want to talk about some of the stuff you've been doing because I know, um, we talk a lot about. I turned you on to. Um, I introduced you to Bahi, uh, oh, and he's he's phenomenal. He's a really great talent. He's, he's like really, he's been like like a, a homie of mine just through like the internet. He's been really great. Um, but you're doing this. Can you talk about? It? I don't know. I think it's like your personal project, right? That teenage mutant ninja turtle thing. Is that your? It's like a personal thing you're doing, right? The brothers yeah, apart. Um, Can you just, break that down to people? Yeah, it's a story that I had. Um, I thought about pursuing something a little bigger with it, but I think now I'm just treating it as something smaller. Um, I got a plan for it, but I don't know if I want to share that. But um, sure. it's going to be something short and sweet, something that I want to kind of endeavor into the world of animation with. And it's it's good because you know it, it's um, it's something that and I love Ninja Turtles. I kind of grew up with it, and it's just yeah. my own little thing. And um, I just wanted to try my hand at like exploring animation like i studied it a little bit in college and it's it's super difficult but uh, i'm really enjoying it and yeah the story just tells about how like the four brothers like they all they're all kind of living different lives um like raphael's uh fighting for his life living on the streets and these like epic mutant street brawls you know and he's like kind of psychotic and then like you know splinter's dead you know 
And so, like, Leonardo's living as a ninja assassin in Japan, and he's, like, he, he's, like, dyed his skin black, and he's, like, gone full ninja, and he's, like, you know, it's, it's like, imagine Ryan Gosling and Only God Forgives. He's, like, it's like, it's like a weirdo. Uh, Michael Punching Lando. dudes to death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a weird movie that was, by the way. I, wa- I wanted to like that so badly. I oh, I wanted movie. to love it. Yeah, he was... Yeah, I think he made that movie for Yodorovsky. I heard that was like a gift to Yodorovsky or something oh, like that. Yeah, so it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time getting through it. I don't even think I did get through it. It was, I, I, and I feel bad for not getting through it. I should probably revisit it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes, drive to in Thailand with punching. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> but sounds, yeah, yeah. But that's that sounds like a lot of fun. It's really cool that you're taking on this thing. You're you're kind of doing. I guess we're kind of doing similar things where we're taking something from the purity and innocence of our youth, yeah. The imagination or the creative, like like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a huge thing for me. Like GI Joes, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was like my shit. That's all I cared about growing up. Yeah. So I played with, and um, isn't it cool now that you're able to like draw really well and you can you can break things down and you have a skill and now you can kind of take the things from your imagination as a child and then bring them to your adult mind and have that aesthetic and really kind of play with that you know that world and kind yeah, of yeah it's pretty i mean not that i think that i'm the best drawer or whatever but it, it is like nice knowing that i can execute like sure things i have in my mind now and it's I love the format of animation uh, and graphic novels, like or comics, the same way because you feel like it feels like if you're and especially if you're doing it all yourself, it feels like you're making a movie, you know. And yeah. I want to choose like animation because I love music and I'm actually um, trying to compute compose music as well. And um, cool, how are you? Not doing that, that I'm good at it. I just want to uh, just for like writing music and trying instruments on. GarageBand. I play like really shitty guitar. I'm not really good at anything, but it's just like to kind of get into an aspect. Like I, I just like the idea of like, uh, kind of accomplishing an ensemble of like visual and audio stuff for like, a, a, like a story and like, and it's cool. You can do it with like set dressing, lighting, like concept design and directing, and you know it's it's awesome to be able to do that. And I thought like animation was always a cool way to go. Yeah. I thought I wanted to be an animator for a long time until I was like, yeah, it's like an awesome thing to do. Um, it's unfortunate because I was uh, taking a, a class at a, a school called Van Arts and uh, there was like 24 kids in the class and it was the most antisocial class. <laughs> like it was just the strangest thing. Like no one really talked to anyone and it was uh-huh. really uncomfortable and I'm like, if this is animation, I don't want any part and I dropped out. Oh. <laughs> I don't regret, but um, like uh, yeah, I'm I'm, get, I'm just getting back into it now, and have been digesting like a lot of anime and like yeah. What are you lo- What are you watching? I freaking love uh, good anime, man. You know what I'm just watching, which is so ridiculous, but I'm enjoying the hell of is uh, Kill a Kill. You know that? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. You got to check it out. It's so like it's funny. They they just make fun of. It seems like uh they make fun of anime, like Japanese anime a lot. And mm. but I've been watching, uh, I don't know. I forget the name of the director, uh, but he did Ninja Scroll and yeah. Kawajiri. Yeah. Freaking yeah. love Kawajiri, Kawajiri stuff. It's so much uh, fun. Yeah, dude. Which uh, one, what are you watching of his? 
I just finished watching uh, Highlander, and then I got through some of uh, hard time with that one. Vampire Hunt. Yeah, it's 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 the story stylistic. sucks. Yeah, man, it's it's a bit slow, and it's always the same. <laughs> you know, it's it's always like this lone hero, and this like the girls like this, and every single villain looks the exact same. It's but fun. Ninja Scroll is so fucking amazing. It is so good, man. It's That's a like, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say next to Princess Mononoke. Not that I, I wouldn't. I, don't I can't, know if I can't compare them. Yeah, I think they're completely no, different. No. I mean, I guess they are, but I mean, it's it's yeah, they're so different in their voice. It's almost like comparing like a really masterful like French dish and a masterful like Japanese dish. Like yeah, they're both masterful, just, but they're completely different. Like palettes. stuff is like so pulpy and like it's like it's like heavy metal, whereas yes. like Princess Mononoke is like classical music and yeah it's eloquent akira is just something fucking beautiful and something else man i know you like that movie a lot yeah yeah go off and on about that masterpiece yeah i I love kawajiri stuff uh vampire hunter d i I really enjoy that too it's just cool i enjoy that beautiful i mean the animation is just like what the shit man and uh yeah just the um i just love the world you know it's like the intro scene and stuff. I've been recently watching a lot of Cowboy Bebop. That is a fucking amazing show, man. It's like so, I love that. It's so smart and so witty and clever and original. Like I just watched Jamming with Edward last night, the one where they get introduced to Edward, the character, and they had to fight like that satellite that was like alone and it was like leaving marks on the planet Earth. Oh, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, I it's think just, I've only seen a few episodes, but the movie oh. is Man, uh, you know what the funny thing is i felt the movie was good but it was like half as good as what the episodes are oh maybe i should go back and check that out oh man the episodes are amazing if you want to watch a really amazing uh, uh piece of animation there's the one uh la Perie La Pere or something like that is like the crazy clown Let's see let me look it up oh it's yeah. from cowboy bebop it's amazing like amazing uh, episode like one of the best animations i've ever seen uh, especially that out of all of them. I mean, they're all really great, but this one just had a pacing that was like unparalleled. Um, Le Perry. Uh, it's going to fuck me up. It's it's a French word. Uh, Perry, Perrault, Le Flou. I don't know. I'm butchering the French thing. It's P P I E R R O T space L E space F O U. It's fucking so good. Um <laughs> I don't think it's on YouTube or anything. You have to, you'd have to buy the box set, which is completely worth it. But yeah, it's it's just it, amazing. It kind of seems like the creators of the show were the same as uh, Samurai Champloo. I never watched that, and everybody uh, tells me to watch that. I haven't seen that yet. It's damn good, dude. Yeah, I'll have to, ch- I'll have to check yeah. that out. There's so much I'm, good stuff out there. <laughs> I'm becoming such an anime nerd as of late, but uh, I don't care. It's like it's good shit to me. I'm like uh, really getting into it and. Yeah. Whatever you're into, you should just follow that. You know, whether you're into like old spaghetti westerns or into t- into shoes or whatever it is, whatever your passion is, you should just follow yeah. that. You know. You like spaghetti westerns, Ben? I do. I actually love them. Uh, I recently got into them more. Uh, Anthony, my buddy Anthony Scott Burns, he 
was really turning me on to um, Leone's Sergio. Sergio. Dude, right. Once Upon a Time in the West is my favorite movie of all time. Dude, so. it's amazing, dude. Yeah. The, the pacing. Um, the it's, pacing, bro. Oh, it's, it's what like every shots. new film is lacking, you know, because they want to sell everything so fast, like a like a deodorant commercial or something. It feels like it's like movies now have no, like no real core sense of, of pacing. I feel. I mean, I sound like an old shed, and there there are amazing films that are out now, and they do have that, but. The, the general populace aren't being exposed to that kind of pacing, that sensation of mood. Um, it's amazing. The editing style and the way that framing and everything is just, yeah, I'm a huge fan, huge, huge fan. I'm letting that stuff influence Lost Boy a lot, just as far as mood and, and tone and stuff. So, Dude, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Should be fun. We'll see. But, Are you doing, uh, I, I know you're doing the cards and you have a kind of a story plan. Uh, but I don't know anything more beyond that. Is it kind of secretive or? No, it was whatever. It's just like, I mean, it changes every month. It just depends on my mood. <laughs> that's awesome. That's like the best kind of way. And that's the way I, I want to approach the animation. I don't want, I don't Should. really want to put too many expectations on it. I just Should. want to have, you know, so. Yeah. I think if you do, I think you're going to fuck yourself over and then be yeah. upset. And then it's just like becomes a bad experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, it once was like, I'm going to make a hundred page comic. And now it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I wanted it. I, I don't even want to do a comic. And now I'm like, how can I do this other thing? And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do like little like four page comics because I used a, a reference because um, I'm writing it with Anthony. I used a reference from Mignola's Hellboy where I don't know if you've ever read Hellboy, but there's this really funny two page comic uh, short story that I, I always remember and I always laugh because it's so much was one of my favorite Hellboy scenes is where he um they've the guy um is on Earth or up in the the guy that like the that's taking care of him saying, You need to eat, you know, eat some food and he's like, Here's some pancakes and, and Hellboy's small and he's like, I don't want pancakes He's like just eat them and then he takes a bite and eats it and he's like, Mmm, it's good and then like they go back down to like hell and everybody's screaming and crying like it's our truly our darkest day. He'll never come back to us now. Like it's just like this funny like little parody. It's just two pages, but it tells such a fun story. <laughs> and uh, I just felt like you know, there's a prime example. It's like it's not about how much, how many pages you do. It's like how well you can tell a, f- a story. You know, so yeah. Just, right now, it's the muse. Just like fucking around, like, and it seems like Lost Boy is that. It seems like yeah, everything just, you love about cinema and art, and it's like that product, and that's why. Like anyone who does like that kind of stuff, it's always going to be, I think, the most appreciated because it's like it has integrity and it's honest. You know, it's just even if you want to draw like, like, I don't know, giant carrots with machine guns, if that's your jam, then, you know. Yeah, there's like Super Meatball Boy or whatever. There's like, yeah. there, you know, like <laughs> I think, and that's what I was saying is like, if you have a passion for something, you just follow it and it'll take you to wherever it's going to take you. Just follow that ride, you know, like you for might, sure. you might, you might think that you want to be Steve Jobs or you end up being like the owner of the biggest pizza franchise or something. You know, you, you never know. It's like, you can't, and that's one thing I always really co- try to be cautious of is I read a lot, read a lot, I listen to a lot of documentaries and stuff and, I kind of get mesmerized by these people and I'm like, I want to be that guy because that's so cool. And then I realize that there's no way I can be that person because I don't have the same mind. My mind doesn't work the same way. Uh, I don't think even the same way. I don't have the same background. I cannot yeah. be that same person. But, so I, true, but you can take those little traits along with you. I think um, if you can be really aware of your surroundings and take all these like great lessons that you can learn from these wise and better people than you, then you can 
and apply them to yourself, then you can be stronger and better. I mean, I must say, like, do after doing the podcast and being exposed to all all you guys and all this awesome talent and everything, it's really sharpened my blade. You know, like just in life in general, it's been a really, it's a two way street. You know, I don't know. It's been really a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and, uh, and honestly, like, I'm learning a ton from you, which is pretty cool. I like how it's not like a like a regular questionnaire thing. It's just kind of chilling and talking. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, I, I felt like I uh, I felt like there's a lot of those out there, and they're they're great. Um, and that's cool. I just I had a hard time connecting with those myself. I always felt like I got the best out of people's talks when I was just watching them or listening to them, or it was like a very yeah. honest, candid conversation because that's when the purity comes out. You know, it's like all this like awesome sauce comes out, and you're like, yeah, eat it and up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm really excited to see what you're gonna do with this it seems like this is probably gonna be thing this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing whether it's it's this experience or this exercise or or the next thing you do if you decide to create your own IP or whatever that is um, this will be like a exercise to see like how I feel about venturing into something else that I have plans for mm-hmm. uh, hopefully it, I, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having like the most fun ever because it's like everything I love about you know whatever and that's good that's what it's, it should be. Are yeah. you using um are you using like Photoshop and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm using Photoshop. Uh I'm learning uh Tune Boom Harmony. What's that? It's like uh the program that a lot of TV shows use and they use it for Tron Uprising and mm. I'm just trying because I'm using three D in addition to two D stuff and oh, yeah, cool. I'm I'm digest as much as possible and um, How's the learning curve with that stuff? Is it a bitch or is it pretty easy? Um, the tune boom harmony. So, whatever. I feel like I feel like I really struggled with timing and animation when I was in school, but for some reason, I think I what ten years later, I through digesting media and getting better at drawing, like I feel like it's coming a lot easier. Like I'm not at all like a good animator, and I don't, you know, I almost don't want to be. Like, I don't want to be considered, like, a good animator. That's not my goal at all. It's just a storytell. You know, I'm just using that as a, as a format, but I'm I'm not having those, like, moments of, like, crazy frustration yet. So that's good. But that's good. I'm trying to plan everything out. And, like, if I had done this, like, in the past, I would have just kind of gone without a plan. But I've, even though <laughs> it's fun, I'm still planning it out, and I'm planning my days out. So that's why I think it's going more successfully so are you able to etch out like an hour or two a day towards your project yeah like a good times two or three if i'm lucky oh um, wow, that's great yeah it just it's just that consistency like it's it's yes. just putting in those hours and man that thing you say it always gets to me every time i think about like not doing work it's like ash says you're on borrowed time and it's so like oh. <laughs> it's true it's so fucked up sorry <laughs> you ever you ever think about that though like how uh, I don't know how valid this is, whether it's like so true, but they say like for men, we get inspired or motivated through like time. So like, or through death rather. So it's like, oh man, I better get this done because I'm going to die or I'm getting, oh, I'm getting old or whatever. But <laughs> for, women, for women, it's a, it's a bit different for them. It's like, oh, I'm so excited to start this new thing. It's more about beginnings than, sure. than death. I think like, there's definitely a different dynamic about how we perceive the world. I think men and women are, for the most part, really different, obviously the way we're programmed and the way we approach things in life. And that's definitely one of those things. It's like, like for, for me, I put up that, um, that year, that, that week, you know, like you put, you etch out every week and you mark it down. 
Um, I put it up in my office, like right when I walk in and my wife's like, that's so morbid and fucked up. And I'm like, you know, like, that's what you think, but I think it's great. <laughs> but it's funny, like men, we, I like, um, um, like I used to go to like Gold's Gym and just hearing personal trainers talk to both women and men. And that's not to say that all, like, I think there's masculinity and, and, and women and vice versa. You know, I just, but for whatever reason, depending on if you're a more masculine, more feminine person, it, like if you're more feminine, I would say that oh, I'm going to get scolded for this. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but no, there's strengths yeah, and weaknesses to both. So you, you speak yeah. your mind though. Like if you, people are going to judge you, fuck them. You know, yeah. like, this is stupid. <laughs> I just want to say that like, <laughs> me personally, I, I do really well with like criticism, like harsh criticism. Like, you know, if, if I used to have a personal trainer and I used to tell him like, yeah, just be harsh with me. So if I didn't do something right, he'd be like, do it again. Like get it right. You know, just like, no, I want more, I want more, you know? And I just want to prove him wrong and kind of challenge myself through that. And it wasn't at all, like, negative for me. Sure. And I, I wouldn't do well with, like, hey, man, that was really great. Maybe try this. That would just wouldn't work on me at all. At all. And I don't mm. know if, like, that's a – maybe that's not a um, – That's probably a personal thing, though, towards oh, you. Because yeah. som- sometimes, like, I thrive on, like, positive stuff. Like, um, yeah, if I have somebody telling me, like, how, I, how much I suck all the time, like, I get pissed. And, like, maybe sometimes I would want it um, – I think if I can get payoffs, you know, like regular payoffs, then it would be like, oh, we're playing a game. We're playing a game of you, like, destroying my soul, and then I rebuild it, you know? Yeah. But if I couldn't get that, then I would feel like, this sucks, you know? Oh, no, I'm the same way. Like, I, I wouldn't want that all the time, you yeah. know? Yeah, but- positive reinforcement and stuff definitely it's helps. definitely good. It's definitely good knowing you don't want it all the time, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because it is it is challenging, you know, like, and all these things. It sounds like you're really eager and, and geared, gearing your life towards trying to be um, a successful, like, a person every day, like, being the, better than the person you were before. I, yeah, I, this year especially, man, I'm trying to... It's good. Not 20. too much pressure, but I feel more focus and I just kind of want to make 29 my year you know to make a, a stamp on things for myself like not really for anyone else but yeah yeah you should never make goals for other people I think that's an error um, that a lot of people I think make too is they're like I'm gonna stop smoking for my wife it's like no you, st- you stop smoking for yourself um, it's you know it's kind of like it's a really selfish act you know like to be better is about you 100 yeah. percent you know and then uh, through your actions of being a better person, hopefully the people around you that you love and care for are gonna ref- are gonna feel that you know that it, that better person that you're trying to achieve. That's good, man. I think that my life changed a lot around like 27, 28. I think that's obviously when I became dad more and all that kind of stuff. And actually before then, like 25 or so. But I feel like when I started to hit 30s, I was really, um, I'm 31 now, I was like really when things started to change, I, I realized like, oh shit, like I'm going to die like like a couple years, you know, <laughs> like I, if I'm lucky, I'll get like another two or three decades with how hard I push myself, you know, <laughs> so like, yeah. I always think I'm going to die like at like 45 or 50 or something if I don't stop being such an idiot. Because I don't sleep as much as I should and stuff. I've been trying it's to, but motivator, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you sleep much? Do you get a chance to sleep? Um, yeah, it's funny. I used to sleep an average of like five to six hours a night, and uh, I a lot of things, um, a lot of aspects of my, about my life have been changed, like including my sleeping habits and eating. And I used to, yeah, I sleep at least eight hours. And if I if I like don't get work done, then I just like oh, well, I'm like oh well, at least I didn't get it done, and I go to bed, 
and I'd rather have that than like stay up and like try to fix something. It just yeah. just forces me to get more done in that amount of time. And man, getting eight hours of sleep is like so goddamn important. Like I so just never good. Realized, and, and maybe so it's because of schedule, but I feel like way more rejuvenated and like clear. Um, like I know a few people who, um, yeah, one in particular who can you know get an average of like four to five hours of sleep and just like be like be there and on it and like you know she's present and I'm like I have no idea how this person does it but no, I'm not it only lasts so long man you burn out yeah well everybody does and I don't know it's also age too you know some people can handle it at different ages and stuff but yeah sleep is yeah it's so gnarly how much you need it <laughs> yeah it's like I the mean, world the fabric of your reality unfolds and it just all these things start to fall out of place you know your emotions and the way you react to things and everything is just like ugh, it's become such a nightmare if you don't have a good handle on it yeah and uh i'm doing this thing now also where i don't <laughs> it's kind of crazy i don't eat until like 2 p.m you don't, uh, you don't eat until 2 p.m yeah i like it sounds weird but uh I actually had like a problem like putting weight on because I used to like I'd go to the gym right and for some reason like I'm I feel way better throughout the day and I'm actually gaining weight like muscle mass and it's just the weirdest thing but uh did your just trainer I, say that to do that no I just kind of like I, I heard about this thing called intermittent fasting but I didn't really read too much into it hmm. and I'm like what is it exactly intermittent fasting is basically like going anywhere from like 10 to 16 hours without eating like you just kind of wait and uh it just helps your body to reset it reset it like if your guy it resets your testosterone for a girl i think it's your estrogen and it just like uh it gives you more vitality and uh for me it was good because i would just always feel like crap during the day and i eat pretty clean and i have like a i guess a insulin sensitivity so if i had like any piece of bread or sugar it would just ruin my day i'd become like this grumpy fucking asshole and <laughs> i couldn't yeah. like talk to people i just i'd get like notes from my art director and i'd be like oh dude just get out of my face right now <laughs> like, <laughs> they'd be like yeah you got it and like it's <laughs> a common thing a lot of people don't realize that they have what you're talking about yeah. i think i even have it <laughs> like it's it's it affected my life so negatively and for so many years and I, I'd always be like, what the fuck? Is Are you this? gluten intolerant? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. You just but, uh, sensitive I, to yeah. the spicy bread? Uh, yeah. Like I think there's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the spicy <There's>, milk. <laughs> spicy milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking shit. Sorry. Keep going. This is really interesting. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this stuff. I love health stuff too. I hope this is too not like weird topic. Who gives but, a uh, shit? <laughs> this is um, awesome. I'm curious. Yeah, but for me, like, uh, I think for me it was like sugars. If I had mm. like any, even in, in fruit, um, if I had like a little too much sugar, it would just kind of like spike my insulin up too much, and my body was like, "What the fuck? You don't need this." And it would try to digest <laughs> this at my desk, and I just, you know, it just shuts my body down. And like everyone's different, right? Like sure. People can have different things, and I it pissed me off so much because I'd see like dudes next to me eating donuts and like Fuckers. eating like crap for breakfast, and they're fine. They just have a coffee, <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck you. So, so I just stopped that. I'm like, okay, I'll just drink tons of water. So I've just now I just drink a lot of water. I feel great, and like yeah, I get a tiny bit hungry, but I'd rather way be hungry 
and really shut up my face and later with food than like feel like crap and it's going great so whatever <laughs> it that works sounds for me cool that's i yeah. mean if it works for you that's really interesting it's cool to and it's smart of you to listen to your body and i have a hard time with that and it's funny i even talk about this with friends and how they've discovered they're gluten intolerant or whatever but they didn't realize until like their 30s so they went through like 30 years of life being like like frustrated or pissed or like dragon ass just wondering why they have such a problem and it breaks down to like their intake and what they're putting into their body i can't wait for technology to be strong enough for us to be able to kind of have it within our phones or whatever whatever we're carrying a technology that's understanding our biometric biometric makeup and stuff and what we need to do and where our body level is with these different like you know like i just i can't wait for that because if, if my phone's like hey you should go put this piece of fruit in your body because it'll help you two hours from now be productive it's like oh that sounds awesome you know so eventually because that's really what i would like it to become you know because right like now it's it's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to tell you know like what I should be eating at the time that I should eat it and stuff. And some yeah. days, some days I'll go to jujitsu and I'm like, I'm fucking powered. I'm like I got, I'm wired in, but that's like one out of five times. And the rest of the time I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm so tired. And like, just so do exhausted. You, uh, do you eat before you go train? No, I can't. I'll throw up. It's intense, that, super intense workout. And, I, and it's really weird too, is, is, uh, I go from like eight 30 to 10 30 in the morning and, I'll train really, really hard to complete, like complete muscle failure almost. And then I'll come back home and I won't even be hungry. I probably wouldn't even be hungry until like three or two o'clock in the, in the day, just like what you're oh, saying. Seriously, dude. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Cause like I, what I do is like I shove all my insulin intake at right before and after my workout. That mm -hmm. way, like my body's like, okay, you need this. And it just turns into energy. I can't imagine not having that after workout though, man. You must be like at least starving now. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like my body, like my my body doesn't crave food necessarily. It's really You're weird. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I want to try jujitsu. By the way, man. Like uh, my roommate <laughs> used to always like submit me, just like when I was chilling, drawing. Um, Your roommate uh, practice? Yeah, he. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he does it as much anymore, but he was. Yeah, he was pretty awesome at it. And uh, um, I did wrestling in high school for a bit. And okay do want to get into it but for whatever reason i was i was always more drawn to like striking and but i feel like jujitsu is a different thing when you when you get submitted i hear that it just kind of really humbles you and yeah it, like you, there's you, like you die fun. you know like you yeah, die like, yeah for sure you face certain death and your ego kind of doesn't really matter anymore and yeah I don't know. it doesn't yeah it's really interesting i i recommend to everybody uh, i don't know it's like i i get i people probably get tired of me talking about it. I, I feel like it's one of those things that's changed my life. Um, I can't imagine my life without it. I'm really bummed. Yeah. I'm really bummed that I didn't find it until like I was 30, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, cause you know, like it's, it's, it's a younger body sport, but I'm still like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very toned and I'm, I'm six foot two and I'm like 180 right now. I'm cut down a, a bit of weight. And like you're basically my like size, yeah, it's cool. Is perfect. This is a perfect body for jujitsu though, because the way oh, your, your limbs and the body and their length and stuff is really like essential, and I'm incredibly flexible too, which helps a lot, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's good though. You'd love it. It's 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 designed for you. I mean, it's designed for everybody. I mean, Marcelo Garcia, who's like one of the world's best. He's a smaller guy, and he just rips 
but it's just you know it's his, he 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 trains to his style but there's also guys like Keenan Cornelius who's like a younger I think he's like 20 22 23 or so and he's just this phenom that he trains down here in San Diego actually um but his whole he has this documentary if you if you if you get a chance if you're ever curious to try jujitsu or ever want to try it out and see what it's about there's a documentary called The Rise of Keenan Cornelius um it's like an hour, an hour and a half or something. It's fucking phenomenal. Like the way he articulates um, his embrace to take to jujitsu and, and what it is to him and stuff is really beautiful. And like, he's just this younger guy and he, the way he articulates things is just very like wise and has his words have a lot of power. Um, and I think that's what jujitsu for me gives me a lot of that enlightenment to like being humbled and different in a different way and like having, I don't know. It's just, it's just really great. I really, I, th- I think, um, you know, like I got Aaron back into it. He's out in New Zealand, like training now. Oh, and like Michelle Mi- Kuchata is like, he's training a ton too. And like you're trained with Von Ling, right? That guy too. In Von. Yeah. Von, uh, he, Von is doing it a while ago. I think he's been going at it. I think he's got like a blue belt or something. He's been going at it for a couple of years now, three years or so. Cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, um, I went and I had a chance to go up to 10 planet up there and, and, and had a chance to roll with them. That was a lot of fun. And you really, I think like, it's it's one thing I have friends and I love them and I'm close to them and I've known them for so long but it's like when you go and roll around with a stranger and you're trying to choke them out and they're trying to choke you out there's this weird there's this weird thing that happens it's um like this weird bonding kind of thing it's like a brotherhood kind of thing you know yeah camaraderie and stuff and I was never in the military I never embraced that kind of stuff that wasn't my thing I didn't do wrestling or team sports growing up in high school that was just like so jujitsu now at this age has been like that kind of that, that shit's important for the development of uh for anyone really just yes. like that camaraderie you know it's and you rarely get it with like today's society you kind of just i don't know uh I, well sports is important but it sounds like jujitsu is especially cool um just to kind of in a weird way be that close to someone physically and, and even yeah. though it's uncomfortable it's just because i had the same thing with krav maga and muay thai you get all sweaty and bloody and like i had this I used to have this Russian guy who was like 60 pounds heavier than oh, everything. Wow. He used to wail on me and he used to kick the shit out of me. But it's cool almost in a way, like just having your ass kicked and afterwards like, hey man, that was good, you know, and just being sure. bloody. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I heard that's pretty nuts. I, I, I don't like striking because I don't like getting punched in the face. So uh, like, like jujitsu is my, my thing. <laughs> <laughs> sucks, sucks, yeah, but I've heard really cool things about, um, what's it called? Grog Magra, is that what it is? Uh, Krav Maga. It's like a in Israeli special forces martial art. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like de taking weapons out of people's hands and like taking yeah. them down quickly with a couple moves, kind of stuff. Yeah, How I did, did it. Cause, uh, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> that's good. I used, I used to always see videos of like dudes fighting in a circle, like and trying to fend off like three to eight guys mm. attacking them. Not at a hundred percent, but just like I'm like, You're oh, a Ninja that's Turtle. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, do you ever feel yeah. like you'll get into that experience with some a group of people who are going to try and beat you up? Oh, I've been in quite a few close calls, dude. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself like? When I'm do, not like a confrontational person in that. Like, I don't sound I've, like it. I've been pretty good about like. I'm usually the guy like if there's ever like an altercation, I'm the guy like tries to bring peace and idiotically, as my friend points out, I always try to break up fights, but um. Hmm. Yeah, I've been in like, I've been in like stupid situations where I'm like, oh man, that would have sucked if like, 
something happen, you know, just, it's, it's dumb to like not know how to protect yourself. And, you know, I'm getting the age where I know I'm going to have a family soon. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> not that soon, but it's just good knowing to protect yourself and like the people you care about. So it gives you a purpose too. And gives you that kind of like, I think for anybody, it just gives you a skill that you feel like it doesn't hurt to have, you know? Absolutely not. You yeah. know, and it's, uh, it's good. How many fights it's have you been in? Uh, honestly, not that many. I like a couple in like a uh, elementary school and maybe like yeah. one in school. They're all bullshit. And like, I've been in adult fights that I was trying to not really. I mean, like when I was in my early twenties, I was like in a few scraps like that. You Scary, know. huh? I love that <laughs> feeling. It's like you're like, you're just like, you're alive beyond your life for like yeah, a like brief the, minute the weirdest part where like I, I had one one of my friends was trying to like <laughs> it, was, it sounds weird but he was trying to like defend my honor someone was like hitting on my girlfriend at the time and hmm. he had like put out a cigarette in a dude's eye whoa and like what yeah <laughs> it was like, he was drunk and it was a really dumb thing to do but i whoa. was so i i basically had a try and protect him against like 20 of this dude's friends and it was yeah. just basically them like stomping his head in and like he was like yeah even talking about it, it's crazy but like he was like wearing a white shirt when it started his shirt was red by the end and i've never uh. seen it's like weird seeing someone just get annihilated like that and just not being able to do anything and i'm like holy crap like even the best training is never gonna like let me do anything it's just yeah always avoid the situations but yeah, we say yeah, like you you leave yourself into vulnerable situations if you have like a hot girlfriend and you're like in a public area and you're like let's go clubbing. It's like oh, it's I always thought was funny. Don't date anyone hot. <laughs> <laughs> date them, but lock them in your house. No, <laughs> no. I always felt like it was like a recipe to fucking failure. It's like I remember telling my wife when we first started dating, I said, you got to be cautious of what you do to me because if you put me in a bad situation, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. You know, like if we go out to like a club or something, somebody's being fucking stupid and like, you're going to put me in a weird position, you know, like, and and that sounds really stupid and can be really perceived as being idiotic. Um, But if I'm at a public area and somebody's disrespecting myself or people that I'm with or something, like I feel in a weird way, and I guess it's animal kingdom that I'm entitled to, you know, step in and have my own say or, or, you know, and, um, but it's just a bad situation, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, and and I think having, um, some kind of disciplined understanding of how your body works and how to hurt other people in a certain way, I think just gives you like that edge that I feel like matures you and allows you not to like, care about that stuff i guess you know because yeah. so, the reason why i asked about fights is yeah, i haven't had a like a fist fight and i can't even remember it's been so long and it was almost i probably was Thank back God. like in high school you know yeah and good and that's good dude like those fights suck they're the worst you know yeah that, i think they're just unnecessary but at the same time like there's a romantic quality to them like i remember watching fight club for example i mean this is a cheesy silly example but and the way that chuck wrote fight club uh you've seen fight club right uh 
what? No, I'm fucking with you, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just assuming because I know everybody's seen it, but sometimes people don't see certain things. I'm like, what the fuck? Those um, people are your friends, Ash. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) There's fucking face. There's Fight Club lacking people out there. My girlfriend hasn't seen Star Wars yet. Oh, man. I have to, like, sit her down. My daughter doesn't want to watch it either. She's fucking with me. She's being, like, mean, I think, about it because it's so, like, so (laughs) special to me. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not watching that. I'm like, dude, what the hell? You damn girl. <laughs> oh, what I was saying was like, um, so I, I, cause I studied fight club cause I'm just curious about it. And so, uh, in the comment, a beast, man. Fincher's a beast. Chuck is a beast. Uh, the writer that, that adapted, uh, Chuck's novels, a beast. I mean, uh, I think it was like Darius Kanji, the DOP is a beast. I mean, all it was, a, it was like, you know, Brad Pitt's amazing fucking actor. Edward Norton's fucking fantastic. It was like a perfect storm. It was probably one of the best of all of them together. Um, but uh, when when Chuck had written Fight Club, he said that he was out camping and there was, I don't know if you know the story, but he was out camping and uh, they went out to the wild and then like there was this other camp that was next to them. It was just, like blasting rave music and being really loud. And he was like, fuck dude, like I came out to the woods. So I don't want to be around fucking idiots like you. Like So he went over there and asked him to turn it off and they got into altercation. They beat the shit out of him. Oh, beat the beat the shit out of Chuck. Yeah, and oh. and so he went back to civilization, you know, like after the camping thing, and he was all beat up and had a, like brown and black eye and stuff, and he said that people were looking at him all weird, and that was the inspiration to Fight Club. That's wicked. And when I watched Fight Club, I was I don't know, it came out when I was in high school or something. It was like perfectly timed for me, basically, you know, because I was like, and, but there's a romantic quality that I think that he was managed he managed to capture within like. When you do fight, there is that moment of, there's like that pineal gland god moment, I, I suppose, you know, like yeah. all your senses are awake. I can also equate it to, I remember moments where um, I was into the fixed gear bikes. It was before it was really popular too. I feel silly even saying it, but I liked riding those because um, yeah. I love bicycles and I love riding bikes and I I didn't get my license until I was like 20 years old or something, 18 or 19 or something, but um, the senses are, my senses were completely open and I was really sensitive to everything and you're really feeling alive. And I think it's similar to fighting or similar to jujitsu. Like your everything is, is you're aware of everything, you know, and the more aware you are of everything and sensitive you are, the better you are. And I think that's rel- relative to art as well, you know? Yeah. It's, it's probably the reason why like, you know, all those UFC fighters, they feel like, like, and it's not the same with that and every other sport. Like after a fight, they're just kind of like, you know, they embrace. It's you know, it's for that pineal gland that you're talking about. It's that that release, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I actually have a funny story. Uh, like in college, uh, <laughs> Eli, if you hear this, I know you laugh. Uh, it was uh, my buddy's girl went out of town, and he's like, "Let's get drunk." So we like had a whole bunch of tequila shots. I think we had like 21 shots each. I don't know why we had that ridiculous amount. Like yeah, that's a, a lot of shots. <laughs> it was a stupid amount, and a uh, bunch of stuff happened early the night. And then uh, we he decided that it'd be a good idea to fight. And it was honestly exactly like that scene in Fight Club where Brad Pitt's like, "Punch me in the face," <laughs> and uh, my buddy's like. Hit me in the face. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna hit you in the face. He's like, yeah, just do it. I'm like, nah. He's like, if you don't hit me, I'm gonna punch you right in the face. And I'm like, no. Nah. And he does, and he like knocks me out to like this bush, and I tackle him, and we're, like <laughs> wrestling and like punching each other in the middle of like this busy street in Vancouver. <laughs> Cars are driving by. They're like, you okay? And we're like, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> Going at it. 
<laughs> and it like ends, I think, with like me kneeing him in the stomach, and then we're all like panting and we're like kind of scraped and bloody. And then afterwards, we just like we're like my arms around his shoulder, his around mine. And we're just kind of like laughing and joking about it, and it's like it was awesome. It was like a bonding experience. It was yes, stupid, but it was hilarious. I don't know. I think that I get that in a very and much more diluted, but I get that same kind of camaraderie with my training partners and stuff. I think you would like jujitsu. I think you'd really, you'd probably do really well in it too. Just from the little bit I know of you and 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 understanding your mental make break makeup, I think you'd really enjoy it. If you come down to San Diego or if you come down to LA, um, LA is actually is like the hub of Tenth Planet, which is the system that I train in. There's many different systems that are all really great. Uh, I I like the Tenth Planet. This is because that's like the home that I found, but. Um, yeah, I'm sure Vancouver has them too. You know, there's plenty. Out of, of curiosity, out of curiosity, did you uh, start going Tenth Planet because of uh, Rogan's talks about it? Or yeah, so, uh, so I used to do break dancing like a while ago. It was like one of the things. Did you dance too? No way. <laughs> I used to. Uh, yeah, I used that's to love, awesome, dude. I Heck? love dancing. Dancing's like the shit. And um, dude, I love too, man. It's like it's my passion for sure. Really? Uh, oh do you, yeah. Do you do b-boy stuff or what? No, no. I uh, I just I like just love dancing. I like hip hop and uh, my my girlfriend's like an amazing salsa dancer and oh, that, dope. That, so she's like teaching me that and I'm having a good time with that. But yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, go salsa's on. freaking rad too. That's like it's the best. It's like mathematic <laughs> awesomeness, you know. Yeah. Like it's, it's totally it's totally rhythm based and like dude, it's, being it's, able to dance like that with a with a girl it's pretty crush. Pretty powerful stuff, man. You know. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's like sex but it's mathematic to music it's awesome <laughs> that's really cool <laughs> now i'd love to learn that I, I was thinking about taking my wife and going to do some lessons and picking that up because that'd just be a fun thing for us to do um yeah, but yeah, but i used to dance and and i did it for more for therapy just because like i was having a hard time with a lot of personal stuff and so it was like my release and um and i was training with these guys um uh they're called uh the Freak Show, if you check them out, they, they're really an unorthodox style of dancers. They do like this contortionist, like carnival style, and they all have like mohawks, and like they're really crazy. And and, uh, and, and one of my best friends, Richie, this is a guy like when I started dancing, um, him and I really just were like, dude, like we had a lot of similarities and a lot of fun stuff. And we, like, they were like blasting justice while break dancing. Like, that was like nice. the style. It was like, you know, I had, I was expecting like old hip hop beats and stuff. And, and they were blasting like justice when justice was just getting big, kind of, you know, right before it even. And I was like, dude, this is like the shit. And so, anyways, I was really close with them. Giovanni, his little brother, who's Freakazoid, and, and Richie, his name's Boogeyman. And they're, they they would travel around and do dancing and stuff and and uh and then i uh, like a year later i met up with him he's like dude i've been doing jujitsu and i'm like oh yeah what's this and i've heard about it i've been following mma forever and um, he's like yeah it's like the 10th planet system this and that and he was he was just really going on and on about it. he loves it and and so he him and his brother convinced me to try it out and then yeah ever since then it's been like nonstop. and so it, it's i think they randomly came across 10th planet um, because it was it was in like a local area of ours yeah. and and it's so it's kind of like a by chance and then it was really rad to to know that Joe's been training and and like yeah. Giovanni and Richie have trained with Joe and 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 Eddie Bravo is like Joe's best best friend and I've met both of them and they're both freaking rad and it's really cool yeah of course yeah Bravo seems like a pretty cool I'd love to meet that guy yeah he's a lot of fun he's got a ton of energy he's super charismatic like 
yeah yeah he's his, it, it makes sense that he's like where he's at right now and i really love watching his la- latest uh fight uh on oh, metamorris well, really good things about that man that was it was supposed to be really cool it was really interesting because you have like two different masters of different schools and 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 eddie bravo's if you know about, about him he's all about like trying new things he's very humbled by the fact that he knows n- very little and he's trying his best he's he's, <laughs> it is and because he, he's a master you know and it's so yeah. cool and he's constantly trying to do things and so he has a new school approach to things and and what he brought to the table was really cool so it's like chess with their body you know and and it's funny i was laughing to myself because i was getting like really into the science of all this stuff and i was like man i'm such a nerd and you know only a person like me would could sit here and watch these guys like roll around and like really get like ooh and ah about it because of like the articulation of it you know and i was thinking to myself like what a funny world we live in where i can like where a person could be famous from rolling around on the ground with somebody you know like that's the best dude that's like yeah. the best life Not i think so fame, but just like you know doing what you love and uh, that's pretty sweet yeah it's fascinating stuff man i really i find it fascinating you should really try it out and anybody that's listening i, I highly recommend you check it out even if it's just for you know a couple days you know if I, i'm sure and i'm hoping that whoever you train with is isn't a douchebag there are douchebags out there but for sure i really hope that when you get a chance to do it you're going to find a really good family of humbled people that are just down to be good and train and work hard and be good you know i I think our camp down here is is really fucking powerful because we have really great people and um it's just you know we're constantly sharpening one another and trying to bring our own voice and things to the to the table and and stuff. So I'm gonna start competing soon too. I'm really excited and nervous about that as well. Dude, so. I'm fucking excited for you, man. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Thanks, man. Should be oh. a lot of fun. I'm trying to convince Amishe to compete too. So. <laughs> How long yeah. has he been for? Uh, he's been training, I think, now for six months now. Right on. Seven months. I can't remember, but yeah, he's really into it, and I know it's improved and changed his life significantly too. So. Yeah. He. Uh, I don't really. Uh, I don't really know him that well as a person, but he seems Polish baby. Pol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met him, he was like very hilariously like an asshole to me, which was totally my cup of tea. So yeah. <laughs> I think uh yeah, he's a pretty cool guy, but he seems pretty like damn positive now and like very giving and it's awesome. You know, it's like uh Yeah. Not that he wasn't before, but I think with all these tutorials he's putting out and just willing to share his information and he's like one of the best in the industry so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool yeah he's a real dynamo as well he's a hard-working guy where he's gonna work himself to death if he's gonna be careful but yeah he's got a he's a really cool dude too he's a good friend of mine he's uh, i really enjoy our friendship it's a lot of fun it's a lot of silliness we talk, we talk a lot of shit to one another <laughs> yeah man it's another reason why i gotta move to california just being able to like chill with you guys and you know like, should man it's it's unfortunate that Vancouver just doesn't have the same kind of uh, concept art community, and I. And it's Does no, it have an art community at all? I've heard it. Like, there's a lot of movie stuff that gets made there, from what I've de- heard. Yeah, definitely movie stuff, and you'd think with all the production that happens there that there'd be more of like. Uh, like houses and stuff. Yeah, like or the, there'd be more of in. There's definitely a lot of visual effects houses, like uh, I think the most in Canada, but there's not like really an eagerness for like there's not an equivalent of like the art institute or you know there's like pretty decent art universities but i wouldn't say not as much in vancouver that teach traditional like 
art, you know, and yeah. So, um, but it was cool. I, I mean, I, there's other places you can go to, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like part of me really wants to kind of jumpstart a, a, a better community here. And there's like some other rad dudes in Vancouver who are are doing it for concept art, but it's 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 still considered a kind of a niche thing. You know, it's sure. not really. Well, if you're if you're in Vancouver and you're listening to this podcast, you know, get at them. You know, like create, yeah, exactly. create that shit. You know, like all it takes is like three people, really. You know, for sure. Yeah, there's would, like there's like hangout groups and their stuff, but like yeah, I'm uh, I shouldn't really complain. Like I can totally set something up, and you know, I have the means, and so maybe that's something I should look into when I get back. It's not like you can't travel around, and you know, every once in a while, like go and embrace somebody. I mean, because like even Miche, like I hung out with him i don't know like three times now in person but we talk a lot on the phone and stuff so it's even with him or even even like anthony and like my buddy that i collaborate on with all my stuff basically is we 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 communicate probably daily but we've only been able to hang out in person i don't know like six six or seven times you know so i think that's the beauty of of technology in the day and age we live in now but um, I, I mean, of course, it, it doesn't hurt to be right there. I, I, it would be so awesome if we we're all in the same building. Just be like, it'd probably be a bitch sometimes, but it'd be really great just because that closeness really helps, you know. Yeah, I'm just talking about like not a plane ride, maybe. <laughs> you know, like sure. A, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a that drag. That doesn't hurt, you know. Sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, distance is is nice when you can cut it down into two hours, no later than that. You know, like I've been avoiding going even to LA because it's just uh, I feel like it's a waste of time. You know, if it's like four, yeah, you go, man. Four to five hours of total commute, it's like it's a waste of my life. Unless I could just sit and listen to audiobook while I commute and stuff, or just learn something. I just like I think you were talking about it earlier. It's just you know, twenty nine's your year. It's about being productive. It's like I think ever since. I think once you embrace that lifestyle, it'll never change for you. You're gonna be like this until you're done, you know. I hope so, man. I hope so. Like, uh, if you really embrace it, you know, it's gonna become your habit. Yeah, and that's all it is, really. It's just a habit, kind of like a, It's not like a thing. It's not like a, th- a moment. It's like a lifestyle. It's like a way of life, you know. Or yeah, yeah. and you, you're just gonna sharpen it even better as you go and pick up things from other people as you continue on the path, you know, like I think that's really what it is to be a creature on this planet is to learn from one another and embrace these things and take what you can along with your own journey, you know, and then give them off to other people and whatever. I I keep bringing back the conversation to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I forgot to ask you, did you see the documentary? Uh, You know, no, I hadn't. Is it any good? It's awesome. Yeah, it's really oh. good. Yeah. And there was also like this really big book. Uh, so who was telling me about it? Just recently, there's a really awesome book about like the whole making of it all and stuff. Um, it's on Amazon. Um, I'll check it out. I think that, uh, I think like that documentary is on Netflix, no? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it might be. Do you have a Netflix thing? I do. Is it same kind of service? I would imagine it's probably the same kind of service uh, up in Canada as it is in the States. Sometimes they yeah. change that up, though. I don't know. I mean, we have like some movies you don't, but you guys get way more shit. And I know that because at Microsoft, we have like uh, an American IP address, so I get all like American stuff. And, oh, yeah. Perfect, then. Uh, that book is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Ultimate Visual History. Uh, I haven't. Cool. It's in my queue. I haven't bought it yet, but it looks freaking awesome. It's like filled with all kinds of stuff. Um, 
Yeah. Dude, I watched I watched the the recent movie and uh do we need to talk about how bad that was? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see, see it. it? I, no, I I don't um I don't know. I, I suck. I don't watch stuff that I know I won't like. So I just kind of, and that maybe it's stupid for me to even say that because I might like it. You know, it's just no. Um, yeah. <laughs> is, is this a Michael Bay one? Uh, it's like I think it's produced by Michael Bay, but I don't. It's it's directed by someone else. It's, is it just it's a, like is a cash grab? Kind of yeah, it's it's weird though, man. Like you can do things that are a cash grab. I just sure. I don't understand the Hollywood dynamic. It's just oh, it's it's a sinking ship, dude. dude. Maybe it's, it's a bit more obvious to you because you've been on on set and like see how things work. But like I don't understand how you can take a thing like Ninja Turtles, something that's like so easy to make good, and just like like it's it's the adage of all this useless stuff that makes it so benign and like hard to watch. And I just don't I don't get it. like it's. Just, is it that hard to make a simple good story? Like <laughs> it is actually pretty hard. I think um, you should watch the documentary. I think, uh, and the only reason I say that is I'm actually writing right now. I'm learning how to write, and 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 building a story is in itself. It can be very simple. Um, that sounded dumb. I I meant like is it? I meant like uh, in these movies, they're like trying to add like way too much glitz and like sure. humor. It's like well, it's like a toilet, like, you like, know? Yeah. It's like a commercial, like they're trading, I feel like a lot of times with popular movies and culture, they're trying to treat everything as they would like a Chanel ad or something. It's like, no, that's not it at all. Um, it's, Is it because the kids like, oh, sorry, go on, your point? I don't know. You, you Fuck, dude. I, I feel like I always question that too. I look at my daughter and she's living in a whole different age and in an era where there's a communication with information that's far beyond anything I had as a kid. Yeah. And so her attention span is completely different. And um, people, when they make these things, especially geared towards children, I think they feel that the, the need to push things. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd have to really watch the film and study it and get my own perception on it. And I feel like I probably sh- shouldn't even have an opinion on this because I haven't seen it. But the source material, the original stuff, is what I'm talking about um, because it was so fantastic and so weird. I mean, imagine trying to sell the idea Hey, I have this story. Check this out, dude. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, yeah. the first off, anybody that that's in the industry now, if I were to tell them I have a story called, you know, Raspy Rats in the Fuzzy Arqu- Aquarium, that's how that's how crazy that sounds. They're gonna be like, "Go fuck yourself." I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna read that <laughs> script. I'm not gonna listen to what you have to say. You sound crazy. And you know what's fucking? Oh, go on. Uh, the documentary is really fantastic and wonderful, and it really reminded me, and I think it's going to really inspire you, and I think anybody that wants to create their own intellectual property, um, is that you really just have to do it, and do it the way that you want to do it, and create something from the heart that's pure, because those guys are just basically like inspired by Frank Miller's Daredevil, um, they were inspired by like Japan culture, you know, ninja culture, all these things that were really big and prevalent to them. Yeah. They were just combining all this stuff. They were taking everything that they liked, combining it in the weird thing, and then repackaging it. And when it became a really big savage monster and this beast of a thing, when they did the movie and the, and the animation show and all the toys and all that stuff, it like that's really when it became something completely what they weren't intentionally aiming for. But it just became yeah. naturally that because it was like, 
Yeah, why not? Because well, it had integrity, man. It, had, it was honest, you know. It was just yes, it comes from a pure source, and I think that's yeah. really important and key into making something. I, and I think that I said it was Stephen King saying these are all lessons that I'm learning, and I'm trying to remember every day that I sit tr- when I create something. Just like, just let it come from the original source. Like, let it be, let it be the original source. You know, like let that fuel you don't let money fuel you don't let fear fuel you don't let anything other than that pure source whatever that may be and it maybe it is money Facebook likes fool you (laughs) yeah the facebook like generation is really weird um i found myself falling into that you know i think we all do i did for a time too i'm i'm very like trying to remove myself from that it's like it's just so it's just not real it's not it's like the only fans you could you should ever wish and hope for are the people who like you know like if you make something and like you know, there's a whole other side about like marketing and trying to get it out there. That's one aspect. But if you sure. make something and you love that, love whatever it is, then people are gonna like it. And like the kind yeah. of people who want to like it will like it. And that's it. I you think know, that's the, the kind of life art wise you should live. But sure. And I think I it's sorry. What were you saying? I'm not not trying to preach to anyone. I'm talking more to myself than to anyone else, but yeah. Sure. I'm really inspired by like guys like Ashley Wood, for example, Um, a guy that's just himself and he's doing his own thing with his own style, which is a combination of many things. It's his inspiration from Todd McFarlane with working with him. And then also like Yoji, Yoji Shinkawa's style, um, a bunch of French artists and, and I can't wait. I hopefully I get a chance to talk with him someday. Maybe I'll be, I'll do something cool enough to get his attention. But uh, I'm really fascinated by him because I find it really cool that he's just being himself and he's just working really hard and he's providing for his family and he's creating a niche for himself that's really all his own, you know? And it's kind of, it's inspiring for me because I can tell that he loves what he does. And not every time, but for the most part, I can really tell what, that he loves what he does and he's just generating what he feels like is his thing. And, and when you talk about um, fans and true fans and all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. It really is. And I think that there's this weird superficial existence that people are living within that it's like, it's almost when somebody uses the word love when they don't mean it, it pisses me off like beyond. Yeah. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, you don't even know what that word is if you're using it like... I've used that, in, I think, incorrectly. I use that and like awesome, I think, sometimes. But like, you know, it's just one of those things that are like easy to use but but when something loses its meaning then you have no you have no ground for what is 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 real you know yeah and i think that's really when things get messy but again i really i've i've worried that i sound like i'm getting like an old person you know like i'm just becoming this old you're becoming wise dude i don't think so i think i mean i don't know what it is i think it's just this weird thing but i um it's and i i I equate that thing same thing to the facebook thing where it's like people like it and it's like it's one thing to click your mouse while you're streaming through a, a somebody's feed and you just click on it it's another thing to like go out of your way and buy their thing to support their living, you know, that's a whole different experience. And yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing that whole, not everyone has this as artists, but like, you know, um, you get this, you get people who just kind of are driven towards like their goal and they just want to kind of share their art and they're not really focused on like, you know, like being famous or whatever, but I myself find sometimes that like I'm like yeah I, I wouldn't mind being appreciated I wouldn't mind like having people like like my art you know it's it's a motivator definitely certainly but, uh, it's uh until only recently it's kind of like 
a light switch just went on where like, why the fuck would I want to do, like I used to want to do things that would appeal to people. Sure. Instead of like doing my own thing and it's just, I don't, it's something I didn't really figure out uh, before and it's just. What was know. the moment that changed for you? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> it was, um, interestingly enough, it was like um, last year sometime. It just seems like it didn't happen early enough, but uh, I was listening to this interview by Kanye West, and I don't really care much for like the guy, but like you got to respect the fact that all he wants to do is like do what he does and share it with people. You sure. Know? It's, yeah. He just does it, and it's and he's just like he's like I'm not scared of anything. I just want to like you know do it, and like you know I got shit to say, and I'm like fuck, why can't I just do that? And that's. Sure. That really just opened up like a, a a door for me. I'm like, why do I have any fear about like saying what I got to say? And if people don't don't like it, then whatever. But like, I think as a person, like the the best thing you can do if you're an artist is to like to like give your gift. You know, like we're we're blessed. You know, in a way, it's your voice. Like, yeah, of course. Like, I don't know if I believe in gift, but I I believe in like people are given like certain tools to deal with, whether they pursue dance or art or mathematics, science, whatever. And, like, if you're given this thing, then, like, you got to, like, share with people, you know? And if you hold back and, you know, I just had, like, fear. I had, like, this thing where I felt like I wasn't good enough or I felt like, you know, why am I speaking up? And it doesn't really matter. You just got to kind of put yourself out there. And I'm fully accepting that right now. And it's very liberating, you know? That's cool. That seems to be a very common thread, too, amongst all creatives that I know, myself included, you know? And also that stage in your creative career where you feel like you need um, constant reaffirmation of your steps at each step that you take. For sure. And it's almost like I, re- I equate it almost to like your career or your creative journey as an artist or just a creative person in general is it's almost like you're taking steps and each step you find you go like tw- 12 steps until you find the next floor and then you you enjoy that floor. That's a level of experience. And then you go up the next step and that's like 24 steps. But, and then it just depends on, on each, how hard each one of those steps is, like how much affirmation you need, you know, like how many, like, Oh, am I doing this right? You know, actually, uh, but I feel like when you get to that level, you're like, Oh, well I don't like you had that epiphany. Like, do I need it? I don't think so. I've, I've already, yeah. comp- I've already got to this 12th step. I'm looking back down and yeah. I see the view and uh and i don't i think from this view it's different it's not from the first step i'm up above i'm 12 steps above it i'm looking down and and maybe i'll just continue on this level and it's one thing i've noticed too with a lot of people and um i probably i don't want to sound like a dick but i find that a lot of teachers are are people that went to their 24th step and then they they stopped at that level yeah and 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 not all of them i've I've had some really amazing teachers but i've also had some teachers that i felt that were they failed themselves um in life in a certain way where they they and i don't know maybe i mean this is wrong for me to even say i'm just relating it to my own personal goals and stuff and how hard i am on myself and how it's always important to be hungry and humbled by things and always take that next step you know but um when I'm looking at a dude like you, I feel like you're you're the kind of guy who takes things like you like directed a short film, which is for most people that sounds crazy. For myself, like I can't imagine doing that, but it seems like you just kind of took that. You, I think you knew it was scary, but you did it anyway. You kind of just took that first step, and that's a lot of things. It's a thing that people don't usually do. They don't take that first step, and 
well, kind of just gonna like, suck, you know? Yeah, it's it's and it's, you're gonna it's, suck. <laughs> it's the pain, it's what it is. I think it is. It's it's the pain. It's really painful to move forward. It's painful to be happy. You know, it's like not yeah. easy. You know, it's like it's very like that lull of relaxation to be the same person you are and not try new things. It's like it's not. That's not what joy is. Joy is like um, constant engagement. It's the pursuit of like something more, and it's that can be really scary, like a lot of the times, and you know. It is because there's a repetition to that pain, you know, it's like you understand that, okay, in order to have this like benefit of a great experience, like I must experience like pain. It's only through death do you realize how valuable life is, you know, it's like um, one of my best friends died at a very young age, he was 21, I think, 20 years old, he got hit by a car and it was a... It was a shaking experience for me in my life. And my grandpa died, I think, the same month or a couple months after or something. It was really, it was shitty, but it was like, there was this weird thing that happened to me and it was almost like a blessing. You know, I I realized that, okay, like no more fucking around. Like I have to live, I have to live for him too. Like all the life that he's missing now, I have to live for him and I have to live fulfilling, you know, and like take that responsibility. And these are all just things that I put on myself and it's just a weight, you know, like it's just pressure, you know, it's like when you're deep into it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not easy, you know, like I think that I, I should, I would encourage everybody to put yourself in an adverse state. It's, I wouldn't do it all the time, you know, cause it can crush you, you know, like making that short film, it was a very, interesting experience you know and i was just thankful that i had such a wonderful family of friends and people that i love and admire to work with and collaborate with and push and explore ideas with and stuff and it was a very rewarding experience but it was very challenging you know and yeah i you know if you are you do you have any desire to do something like that uh absolutely um should do it then and i it's it's weird like i'm the notion of it really terrifies me. Like I feel like <laughs> place or business in front of a camera or like writing anything, but uh, I know I have to do it because it's just, I can't imagine a life looking back where I, I don't do those things. And it's just, why the fuck not? You know, it just, I don't Good know. For you, you should, if you need any support from me, just let me know. And, and anybody, well, that's, that's right. It's just like, it's surrounding yourself with people that, you know, inspire you, uh, you and kind of move you forward. And it's, you get to a certain age where you're just like, you know, like a happy person is like a person that just does does what they want to do and like surrounds themselves with people they want to hang out with. And, you know, once you make that choice, it just life becomes a lot simpler and easier, I think, you know. I think so. I think you're just aligned with your path, you know. I feel that life sometimes can be a path that you can follow. And um, it's like you mentioned surfing and stuff. Like surfing is a very much a, a rhythm, a path, you know. Like if you try to if you move yourself just a little bit to the left too much that you're off the path. But if you move yourself to the right a little too much then you're off the path. But if you're right in the perfect groove between the motion of the wave and the weight of your board and yourself cutting through it, you're li- you're riding on this perfect balance of everything. And that's really where you should be. You know, there's nothing quite like surfing, man. It's, no, it's pretty, there's it's, nothing like it. It's a very special thing. It's very spiritual. It's very, it is, man. It's, most uh, surfers, it's, you know, that are, that connect with the ocean like that are the happiest people you'll ever meet. <laughs> of yeah. They're humbled constantly. I think There's I, a they talk like that. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason. Um, because they don't care about the frivolous details of life because there's no need to, because they're fulfilled to the limit of just, Hey, I'm just going to experience 
like Mother Earth and the ocean. I, there's a lot of similarities between. There's a lot of guys that surf and do jujitsu. Jujitsu, uh, do jujitsu. I think there's a big similarity. You know, like yeah. Hicks and Gracie, um, pretty much like one of the main dudes that helped bring Brazilian jujitsu to the picture. Um, he's a big surfer. Like he's big. Ad- I think he surfs every oh, day almost too. So um, he was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. It was a fascinating podcast. I love, really freaking love Joe Rogan's podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen for a while, but yeah, his stuff is great. But Hicks and Gracie's talk with him was was really awesome. But he talks a lot about that, the flow of it, and and I and I, I think I like to find similarities between all these things. You know, like surfing and and the feel, the flow. Like when you're I'm sure you've experienced it when you're drawing and the piece just kind of comes together and it all makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's that uh, flow, you know? It's a, spe- yeah, it's a special kind of uh, tranquility, you know? It just, uh, yeah, it's nice. I'm trying to like even, I'm trying to come up with something that's com- comparable to like surfing, but yeah, it's something really like it. That weekend that... Uh, I did, it's good you know, sex or something. It's kind of similar. Yeah, but it's like... I don't know. It's, it's just, you're like by yourself though. And like, it's almost like you're in touch with like, not that I'm overly religious, but like you're in touch with God. I, I felt like that weekend where I was surfing, I, I felt like there was a bonfire going on. Like there was like that cool air, like that, the water, like the going on a hike, just being in touch with the elements, just Beautiful. kind of, man, like it's, it's, I asked myself like, why the fuck don't I do this more often? <laughs> it's like, what? It's a weird when you think about like going to work, you know, putting clothes on, going to an office and like just working for production and just kind of, you know, that that's all good. But like just doing that every day without taking a break and appreciating the gifts of the earth, man, it's, it's just, it's crazy, man. That's Yeah. It's, it's also life. funny that we're trying to like recreate what earth and planet does so easily, you know, it's so funny. Like we sit in these buildings and we produce these things that are just mimicking reality when in fact yeah. we don't even know what reality really is, you know, it's like, kind of weird and i'm finding i think that's what's problem with a lot of the popular culture now is it's it's a it's a spin-off of the 80s or the 90s and it's like a it's almost like a spin-off of, of an idea that's already been an idea that was based off of something else that was based off of something else that was based off of nature you know so it's really it's, gross man it's really <laughs> but I, <laughs> it is it's interesting though i think it just it's part of the the animal it's part of the state of things it's state of the consciousness of the human human consciousness i feel it's really interesting it's not good it's not bad it's just what it is you know it's like i mean some of it's bad but do you do you feel like there will be a shift in uh human consciousness like though you know I, I always kind of feel like there would be like an age where there would be like i don't know like an evolution and like, there already is, I think, you know, to be completely so. honest. I think that we're there. It's just, um, I really, I mean, this might sound really weird uh, to most people, but I feel like in the next 10 years or so, I imagine there's going to be a pretty big shift in a lot of the consciousness of us um, based off of this virtual reality, if we can figure it out. Um, Oculus Rift? Yeah, like, you know, like Oculus, Sony's doing one. I mean, there's so many people that are going to be opening up that because that's going to be the new way of consumption, basically. And I think um, just what that is as a tool of immersion um, is powerful, very powerful. And I think that um, it's going to hopefully, it's going to be a two-way street. It's going to be a double-edged sword kind of tool, just like a gun. You know, it's, gonna, um, yeah. it's like anything. But I really feel and I, and I hope and I'm going to try and be a part of it. 
um, something that's going to elevate the human consciousness of the mind and stuff and opening up something beyond just like, you know, the frontal lobe, like the actual entire mind, you know, in a, in a certain way. And it could be a really significant teaching tool, I feel. And so I feel that life, the quality of life is, is amazing now, you know, like the poorest college student in America is probably living better than a king, you know, hundreds of years ago, you know, if you really think about it, he can go and see a doctor, he can, he or she can eat good food, somewhat be somewhat healthy, you know, like (laughs) to think about that, you really put that into perspective, really translate things, you know, I mean, he might not necessarily have a bunch of servants serving on him, all that kind of stuff, but the life quality is significantly better and he's, he or she is able to connect to this thing called the internet, which is a huge hive mind of collective thoughts and, and ideas and information. And it's more powerful than any king could ever even think about possessing ever, you know? It's funny that thing of relativity where, you know, the appreciation goes out the window. Not for everyone, but It is. Some. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like you could be, and I think that's just, it's, that's one of the, a really weird flaw I think we have as humans is a perception um, perspective. You know, perspective is so key, so significant to your happiness and your internal harmony, I think is, is, is how tuned you are to certain types of perspective. You know, I have a real hard time with it. Sometimes I, f- I feel like I should always be on like a happy perspective and I'm not, and I get really frustrated with it. I, I, I thought, I thought that for a while too, but um, I think there's some. It's being human. <laughs> there's some good in being like in cynicism. I feel like, but not too much. But yeah, it's good to have both perspectives. I think that's what it takes. It's it's just like being intelligent and being open, just to kind of, you know, uh, take it from all sides and you know digest and have like with like clear intentions and a good heart and. That's a perfect Gosh, way of putting cool. it. Bro science, but like no, that's a perfect way of putting it. I mean, I think happiness is a very simple thing, you know, and I think it has to be because happiness isn't about confusion. Yeah, and if you can, if you can um, embrace it in a very simple manner, I think that's what it becomes. I I guess what I was saying, and I think you felt the same way, is that um, life isn't always about being quote unquote happy, or you know, like um, the idea of what happiness is. It's about the ebbs and flows and every day brings you a new challenge and, and or overcoming that. I don't know about you, but I forget things easily. And so I constantly have to be reminded myself, remind myself of what things are. And yeah, me too. I basically have to cut myself to bleed to realize that, Oh, I'm just like, I'm just a, I'm just like a, a human being, you know? It's, and, and that's, I'm using metaphors obviously, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's really interesting to be a human. I, I, I really feel bummed out that I only get to live to like, and see, this is a weird perspective thing, but I, you know, I, I'm wondering how much life I'll be able to experience within the time that I have, you know? Do you ever wonder about like, um, you know, like, um, like my father, like when he turned, 50, he could only do certain things. I wonder what would happen when I turned 50, like with technology mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I do wonder about the evolution of <clears throat> humankind and like, what, you know, just what the quality of life will be at like at, at certain ages. And, you know, if at 60, I'll be able to, or, or at 60, my kids will be able to play sports and stuff. You know, it's just kind of interesting. And 
exciting and kind of scary to think about that but you know the inevitable i always wonder if like whenever we can figure out a way of of mapping memories and taking consciousness and putting that into data and yeah. basically making a clone system of yourself and putting it into a simulation oh man because that's really fucked up because that could be a possibility <laughs> and then the really funny weird thing is that we could possibly be in a simulation now and there's nothing to tell us that we aren't because we don't know then that's what they're trying to do with like the hadron collider trying to figure out like you know the origins of our universe and where we come from and all that kind of stuff and supersymmetry and stuff it's phenomenal stuff it's crazy that's at CERN right I don't know too much about that but they're like yeah CERN the whole purpose to like get these atoms to collide not atoms but like yeah was it or yeah they're just they're 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 um they're trying to understand where we come from, the things that the universe is made of, um, understand where it's going, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know very a very crude uh, interpretation of it, but that's from my inter- interpretation of what it. That's what they're doing. They're they're colliding different elements uh, that make up our everything, and they're seeing what stays, what moves, what collab combines with other things um it's it's fucking crazy it's really there's a there's a um there's a documentary called like particle crazy or something like that it's on netflix um it's about that whole thing and it's it's really sad and weird when you see these scientists these really interesting creative minds that spend like 30 years of their life figuring out equations of probabilities and it could all just be a big false once they find out what comes back out of this these experiments because this is the first time in mankind's history where we can develop this technology uh to discover the the actual facts you know it's fucking crazy because it's going to put a lot of questions uh it's going to answer a lot of questions basically about our universe and what i was saying back to the simulation is we don't know if we're possibly in a simulation now. What do we think that what God is is actually part of the simulation, you know? And that's one thing that's really crazy about being human. We don't know the answers to, like, the biggest questions of the fucking universe, you know? Like, that's one thing to be humbled by every day is, like, we don't know what happens when we die. We don't know so I, many I, things, you know? I wonder what that truth if I mean, like, the definite truth will... I wonder what that will do to, to humankind if we knew that. I wonder what kind of humbling experience that would be. I'm sure a lot of people will turn their their attention away from it and deny it, you know, because they're already programmed to believe in certain things. But I think they're, you know, depending on what it is, um, you know, I could say, hey, we live in a simulation, and a religious person could say, well, that's God's plan. It's like, there you go. It's an interpretation, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, uh, that would be frustrating. No, but yeah, I get. But that. it is like that's. A, I mean, that could be definitely it. It's like, oh, this is God's plan to be uh, to create a simulation. What is simulation? Living, you know, like living is simulation, and life is based off of God's will and stuff, you know. And yeah. so it's it's all interpretation and 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 the way you digest the facts of life and stuff and how you've been told what it is. And I find that stuff to be so fascinating because it is. It's like that's where stories come from, you know. Like that's you want to write a good story, you just sit there and go like, well, like that was a premise right there. That could be a premise for a story. You just like, okay, like years later, you and I, before we die, because we're around the same age, uh, we sign up to a program where 
we don't want to die. We still want to be present, but we make a copy of ourselves before our physical body and our mind passes away. We make a copy, so it's not necessarily ourselves, but we it's somewhat close enough that we can have it as a consciousness, but it lives within a network. So we don't have a physical being on Earth. We don't consume any natural products or anything like that, but we live almost as a particle in air communication and, and information and we just live in this simulation so it's like we go from one simulation to the next one you know and imagine the stories that you could tell on that you know it's like it's fucking crazy yeah that uh imagine trying to marry somebody out of the simulation or marrying somebody within it or what is love like in that space is there even necessarily a need of love you know probably not I wonder if other dimensions are like that. Now we're getting to another crazy topic, but sure. I mean, what is what is the other dimension? I mean, that's the really crazy thing about being a human too. Is like we only see, like with our own physical eyes, which are made just to help us survive. We only see so many things, but we don't see ultraviolet. You know, like yeah. What the fuck are dreams? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I love, I love hearing Rogan talk about like a DMT. I don't know if I'll ever do that, but uh, it's, I would like to try that. He had um. Oh man, who was the guest he had on? It's like a Sam was his name. Sam? No, it's like a it's like a, a rapper. Um, it's like a pretty young guy. I anyway, don't know. he's I, had I, so I, many podcasts. He's a yeah, I know. This, podcast. Was, this was like a was within, it a while ago. Within the last month. Um, mm, okay, I'll check it out. But uh, this guy who had done DMT and uh, he was saying like he had taken it and he was in his living room. And he saw his living room, but like it was like a different living room. It, it's like the only way he could explain it was was it, was it like being like another dimen- like another dimension. Like it was just like a mm. layer on top of like a pre-existing layer. And like sure. not that that's like an accurate thing of what it really happens, but oh, but what is that? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, what are dreams? Like, what? It's very possible that you know we have obviously we don't have senses like. Um, like the full amount of senses that like every animal has or maybe other organisms on other planets. So it's very possible that we can see things that are right in front of our face. And I always laugh. I always think it's the funniest shit when people like humans, we, we generate an alien creature in, in like, I'm like, how vain are we? We generate a human creature to be like five foot six and have two eyes. And it's like, go fuck yourself. Are you serious? Like, (laughs) you know, what's interesting is that, um, and I've been kind of fascinated by this, and I was like, um, yeah, just kind of tripping out about this. But uh, if if the if if the Earth is designed with like the golden ratio and and things in nature are pleasing to our eye, like there's things like the rock formations and like the ocean, like these are things that are pleasing. They have like this aesthetic quality to it, you know. Sure. And the universe is like the same thing. Like the Milky Way looks very beautiful. Um, and some places are ugly too. But would it not make sense for other planets to have? the same rules of ratios and if that's true then well they'll find that out with the the hadron collider because they'll find out about the multiverse whether that's a probability and if there is such a thing as a multiverse it takes out the i think it takes out the supersymmetry theory and that totally that totally throws everything on its case which basically says that nothing is 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 you have no ground for anything because once you have a multiverse everything is different yeah. It's like a whole spectrum of different realities that exist in a multiple universe of different realities of different things. It's like there's a possibility of a of dark matter that's out in like a you know there's wormholes and all these different things, but out in those different multiverses, everything is different. It throws everything off. So. Yeah. So it's either that it's either like you know seeing aliens that are like anatomically similar to us. Like <laughs> I heard um, 
like those reports about uh like the tall whites you know those guys who are like uh, those aliens who are like part of like the u.s like u.s like military bases you know, like, <laughs> sure you like, yeah, there was like, like there was Roswell like and all that stuff yeah well even recently there was like an ex-canadian defense minister who was no talking way. very yeah in, in send me a link to this stuff this stuff is so funny i absolutely will but it's, please thank you I can, like take it as you will but like um i uh, edward snowden uncovered the very like very similar things in his nsa leak leak stuff oh yeah he found some like about, alien shit yeah he's just like it's not a big deal like we have the power to like you know there's gonna be power for like teleportation or like levitation we have this technology it's going to be available in like 20 fuck years yeah, serious like, shut well, the fuck up i know i know it's weird and like that sounds awesome right so <laughs> fuck cool. getting in a t- fucking tin can and flying for fucking hours and getting jet lag fuck that tell me about it so it'll either be that like them being similar to us or it'll be like them so different that like the second we gaze upon them it, our brains will explode because we can't like digest what the fuck is going on? You know, it's, and I'm pretty, I'm always interested by that. I'm always interested in like other dimensions and like, you know, just like the possibilities of other planets. Like, I don't know. should be, cause there's no freaking answer to it. And it's so cool. I'm writing a story. I'm writing a bunch of them, but one of them is about that and about, you know, it's kind of like riffs on what Carl was doing with contact, which is a fucking great film. Like That's I love great. contact. It's a, such a fun, like it's such a smart science fiction film. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't dive. It's like it's it's political and it's spiritual and it's it's all these different things and it's just so well put together in like a nice package of just a great narrative. But, it asks uh, so many questions, man. That film. It's like I don't know, man. It got me. I don't know. It's really weird. I was one of my favorites growing up, but it was very influential on me. And Carl Sagan himself, as a person, was very influential on me because he's just one of those people that is very smart, but he's very good at communicating to other humans, you know, and, and conveying his ideas. Yeah, man. Even it is Neil Tyson's doing a great job of it. You know, like, um, like I was watching the cosmos, uh, so good. My girlfriend and she was kind of giggling at his like storytelling capability. (laughs) Yeah. Not like the best of the best, but for a guy who is as smart as he is and that's wonderful presented to people in a way that they can understand like an idiot like myself like that's awesome and like i it's such a rare gift to have you know that's lucky to have that that's a beautiful thing though neil can say one thing that will spur uh something that's influential to any one of us because he's using a network of communication via telephone television and he could tell one of these people randomly with a random thought that he has about isaac newton or whatever and that thought will go in your mind and you will go and manifest something else because of whatever, whatever your emotion of that moment that you're listening to hearing him talk. And you can spur out some random concept of another idea that could possibly solve something that somebody couldn't do years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's beautiful. Powerful, man. It yeah, is. It's... it's very powerful. And if we can use it towards a positive um, interaction with one another in some kind of way, I think it's really... Um, I think it's really wonderful. I I, I don't know. I, I I think there's a lot of popular media where we're you know there's a big doom and we're fucked. And yes, indeed, like if we continue on this path, we're fucked. But we're not going to. I think that um, we love ourselves too much to kill ourselves. I think that we have enough power to kill ourselves on this earth already easily. I think we. I think there's been a math. Like there's done. They've done the math with all the bombs that we have and created. That we could we could create a you know like that what's that that the 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 winter 
where it's you destroy the earth so bad that you cover it with dust and then it creates like a hibernated state of ice cool. <laughs> yeah it's or it's it's possible now you know and we're not oh. doing it so the fact that we're not doing it is a possibility that we are so selfish that we love ourselves so much that we would not kill ourselves basically what i'm saying is that um okay yeah we don't use toilet paper to wipe our asses because there's not enough trees so we devise something else you know what i mean like the common the common daily thing um yeah and it's just i'm hoping so because i have a daughter you know like she has to live and enjoy this planet as well you know and i have friends that have kids and i want them to have a good life you know it's not going to be nearly the same as the one i grew up with or especially the one that our parents grew up with are yeah. their the one the life that their their our parents parents grew up with it was like fuck it who gives a shit it's party time you know like we got everything <laughs> you know they they're just like driving huge cars and not giving a shit like burning stuff up they didn't give a fuck <laughs> but at the end of the day like i would like to believe that everyone like even people with like a lot of power in the government like they they do want the best for either the children or the world, you know, like a lot of people like to talk so, about like how evil politicians are like and big corporate guys, but like, you, it's like, it's nice to imagine everyone as like really evil people or like, you know, good people. But like at the end of the day, everyone, I think for their own selfish, selfish reasons, they will want like some form of like happiness on earth and like, you know, peace. It's some people have like a skewed, and differing opinions but you know yeah yeah power man oh power jesus it's an interesting uh, thing you know if you if 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 if, it's always a funny thing when you ask somebody like hey you have three wishes what would they be and the funniness of like what comes out of people's mouths you know usually involves like money or some kind of bullshit like that and and um it's um i think it's just i think if you if you can control the world within your own self which is whoever it is that you surround yourself with and you project like positivity or enlightenment or some kind of knowledgeable base of understanding of the universe around you and you project that out to people without being too biased or too opinionative and forcing your ideas on anything because like um like we talk about religion and stuff but very vaguely but i'm not necessarily saying that i don't believe in a god or nothing like that i don't think it's right for me to do that but i don't necessarily say that i don't believe in science or the actuality of possibility of no such thing as a god yeah and so basically by projecting those thoughts out to the universe um or your own world which is the people around you i think we if you can influence people around you in a positive way and they influence the people around them it it's a network you know like we connect with one another in that sure. form and i think if you can it's a very small thing but i think if you can if you can um hone in on that and really kind of embrace that uh i think that there's a change that can happen within you because like let's say that you this is a really random thing but you go and get gas at a gas station and somebody has a flat tire and you go over and you offer to help change the tire because you're trying to be good and do something good and you help them out and they're like damn there's a nice person in the world you know like this person was nice and you did something nice for them and that person goes home and Let's say that they're the son of a senator or something like that, you know, and that son says, hey, you know, like this guy helped me at the gas station and maybe the senator had like a shitty day or something. But he's like, then his son's like influence on him based off of your influence is like a positive feedback to him. And so maybe 
a spark of influence comes to him and he goes, well, I have this thing that I have to do and maybe I'll think about this other idea because there are good people out there. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like that's very like movie <laughs> silliness, you know, but pay it forward. pay it forward. And it's like, you know, it's like, that's, it's a, there's a real big power in that, you know, like but it a, does work, man. Like, uh, I think so. Positive actions like that, man. We can start Ash right here. We okay. do. We're starting every day, you know, try to put out that positive influence, you know, and just kind of continue and carry on. I wanted to ask you about one thing that I've been fighting with and I try to ask everybody about it because it's one of, it's a big thing that I've been trying to face is, is um, how do you deal with negative criticism in a sense where I have sometimes um, have a problem where I want to make everybody happy, you know, like please everybody in a, in a sense where I want, like, I know I can't please everybody, but, um, like people closest to me are the people I, I collaborate with. I want to make sure that they're happy. Um, but how do you deal with if there's somebody that you've collaborated with or you're working with and they're not necessarily um, happy or they're um, not content? That's a, that's a tricky one, man. I think, are, are you talking more about like with your personal productions? Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's different for me because I, I, I don't, I long to, but I don't, I don't have my own personal productions that I collaborate with other people. Like for me, it's like working in a studio setting, which I'm sure you've worked at too. Yeah. It's um, like a, with negative criticism, nothing belongs to me. So the, the second I enter like the door, like any negative feedback, it's like a quick reminder, like, Oh, this thing doesn't belong to me. So if, as long as they're happy and if I don't agree, like I'll, I'll fight for things a little bit, but at the end of the day, like it just, you know, it's, it's, I have a client and I have to like, you know, just, please the client. And as long as I do that, then my job's done. Sure. You know? But, um, working with other people, like I've had situations where like, you, you know, like you'll, as a concept artist, you'll like do work and it goes down the pipe and whatever you design doesn't have the same passion behind it when it gets, um, you know, shifted to somewhere else or, you know, with any department in the production. And I think with that, it's a bit challenging. I think it just, I think it's that same, like, you got to just remind yourself that it's not, it's, it's not your thing. And like, is that kind of answer your question at all? I don't know. Like, uh, kind of, I think we're talking about two different things, but I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, th I think what you're saying is being just allowing yourself to be disconnected so that like, it doesn't dig into you, you know, like it doesn't insult your character. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing. Cause I, all I want to do at work is like fight for things. Like I'm, I hate not being able to like, have passion behind things yeah. I'm passionate about, you know? And so I know this doesn't touch on the same thing, but, um, similar though. It's, yeah, it's like, um, like, well, let me ask you about that. When you're working on a production, like let's say that short film, cause that must've been pretty exciting and strange for you. Like how is it dealing with like challenges and hurdles on the way? And like, you know, I had no problems with everybody on that because everybody was, we were all together united and it was, um, yeah, we all just supported one another. And like, I always use the phrase from the Bible, iron sharpen iron. I don't know what the freaking thing is, the, the verse or whatever, but that's always something that I remember. And it does, I feel that that was really relevant to that. You know, it's like we were just sharpening one another as we were going through it. It just had just, just other experiences, different things. And, and 
and trying to have the best intentions and wanting people to be happy and stuff, but having a challenge with it. And, and as I realize, the further along I go with, the bigger these projects and the bigger these things get, the more exposure they get, the bigger they, they are, the the more likelihood that people will be either felt felt left out or or um, just not, you know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I mean, even I don't know. From from the perspective of someone who uh, is like at the helm, like directing the stuff. Um, like that's that to me. Like I've I haven't been in that role yet, um, and I'm interested. Like, um, is there a certain point where you just like, it sucks to be the guy to like tell people what to do, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you just kind of kind of got to get it done. And how do you like approach like that? Like just you know, like putting yourself in the chair and just pushing things forward. If somebody likes something, it's they like you. If somebody hates something, they hate you directly and so you got to wear that responsibility. You got to wear it with like interesting, yeah. responsibility, you know? Like if Fincher makes a film and it sucks, then Fincher sucks. That's what people say, you know. If Fincher makes a great film, people love it. Fincher's amazing, you know. Uh, the thing with Fincher is that like especially listening to his commentary is that like he's love his commentary. Gift, yeah, it's awesome. But like his whole thing is that he's a guy who like just knows what he wants. Right. So he'll just yeah. do it. And he, well, kind of, he does a million takes. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, you know, he's, I guess he's, he's doing those takes to look for that special something. And maybe yes. he doesn't know what that is, but he's just like adamant about his vision. And like, that's, it's like that belief in himself. And like, maybe that's what it is. That's, it's like that unflinching belief in your vision, like for whatever it is. And just having people trust in you. And like, sometimes that can be like, scary or like you like you for have me, to though it's integrity you sink with the ship you know yeah man that's that's huge and i myself want to i really want to whether i'm directing or to be part of that kind of production i, I want to be in the mix of that like I, I mean i'm working on gears of gears of war and it's awesome I'm, i feel like i'm uh no pun intended part of a huge like machine and like <laughs> And it's, I feel like a pretty small cog in that machine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Apologies That's, that, but, uh, it's <laughs> gears. Uh, yeah. <laughs> machine. <laughs> but I want to be, you feel like you go to work war every day. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just fucking world, with you. Pump world, pumping steroids. It's great. <laughs> but, uh, it's, I want to be part of like a, a team. Like my, my goal for the longest time was always like, I want to be part of a team, uh, building, creating something with integrity, something that we all ha are passionate about. And for a long time, I was just kind of waiting for this to happen. I'm like, why the fuck am I not doing this myself? You know, sure. kind of, and I got really inspired by what you were doing. You just kind of, you just kind of did it. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way to go. And, um, yeah, you can't ask for permission. No, no, you yeah. can't. Nobody's going to say, Hey, you can do this. You know, like you gotta go and do it. You know? Yeah. I love that Russell Brand talk when he's talking to that BBC guy. He's like, yeah, it's a good talk. He's like, uh, uh, no one gave me the right. I, I just, I took it. I'm just, I'm taking the right, you know, it's just like, I don't care if like I'm an actor, like I'm just doing this thing. And it's like, that's the right approach, but, uh, not to, not, not to like switch topics, but, uh, no, no. it's basically just, yeah, I want to get in that position of like, you know, saying what I got to say for w whatever it is. And it, it's just that, that it is, there is a scariness to like, directing and I, f I feel like there's a there's a part of me has anxiety anxiety about that you know just kind of approaching that and understanding that like holy shit i gotta like leave people like for whatever and it's, <laughs> it's, but it's it's not really that it's more about just you know just pursuing your vision and just like having like a an unquenchable thirst for that and just sharing whatever you got 
Sure. Um, well, there's so a chance that your voice sucks, you know, and there's a chance that nobody's going to understand you. Chance you're going to take though, right? It is. Uh, you know, I always look at, there's funny instances in history where like, let's just look at Blade Runner, for example, like it was a total failure right in the beginning same with 2001 yeah of course let's go back let's go now where we go 2001 so amazing most piece blah blah everybody's sucking its dick you know like they're freaking out about it and it's like it's funny it's a beautiful film it's a fantastic it's crazy it's a 2001 example is, is a very interesting film of its day and age and uh it's you know i try to put myself in Stan stanley's shoes that moment you know you kill yourself you promise all these things to so many people you're spending millions of dollars you're using millions of hours of resource and all of it just fails it just falls right just crashes right in front of you you know what the fuck man what a shitty experience you know that's scary as fuck man it is and then <laughs> but then you know you slowly climb out of it but then i also look at guys like um the gilligan guy or whatever the guy that wrote breaking bad like breaking bad is 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 fucking phenomenal and i always think to myself like when breaking bad ended i was thinking to myself like i kind of feel bad for that guy because he has a really tall mountain to climb again yeah you know because it's like to 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 up breaking bad like it's almost like is that possible and i'm sure of course it is you know like i'm not trying to say that breaking bad is the almighty not that yeah. at all but what i'm saying is that there's a there's a there's a um there's a shitty side to both things i suppose you know For success sure. and then also from failure and it's not until later till until people get perspective of what ridley and everybody was trying to do with blade runner do they see how beautiful it was how powerful it was yeah. a great piece of cinema it is and how influential yeah. it is um I don't and know. Hopefully, and essentially, too, you, you just get better at your craft. You, oh, yeah. You look, you look at, like, Louis C.K. and, I mean, he's not... He's a genius, dude. Well, yeah, but it's, like, different for a community because, like, you don't have to have, like, all these, like, people waiting on you. You're not really, like, <laughs> people. You're not, people aren't It's counting. an insular experience, yeah. Yeah. And so, but he's pretty cool. He's a cool cat. Like, he just gets rid of his material and just does a special, like, a new one every year. And it's, like... Oh, he's a savage. Yeah, but I feel like he's gotten to a certain point with his age where he's just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just going to do what I want. You know, and he's yeah. just like, I feel, I feel like he had like an epiphany almost where he's just like, oh, I get it now. Just like, this is the way to go. And He was uh, like a slow burn, I felt. You know, like he, it, took, yeah. it took him 45, 40 years or whatever of just dealing with life yeah. to give him all this material because he has tons of source material because of his life. But dude, like people, exactly, man. Exactly. And like people hate on a lot of directors and movies, but like, sure. It's easy to about like how fucking difficult oh, it is yeah. to make a film, man. It's, it's mine. Like for anyone listening, just like stop and think about like directing a movie. It's crazy <laughs> to me at least, but even the shittiest of films are incredibly hard shittiest. to make. Yeah. Even Uwe Boll's film or like <laughs> be the room. Uh, no. Oh dude, Ash, I'm going to, I'm going to make your month. I'm going to like send you a link. You're going to love it. <laughs> is it a really bad film it's the the it's the best worst movie you'll ever see sometimes i like to watch really bad films because it helps me study um the opposite a lot of artists i, I find it funny a lot of artists that i like even i was watching a documentary on 
Todd McFarlane, and he was saying, I wasn't looking at the great guys. I was looking at, like, the really shitty guys, and I was, like, comparing myself to them and being better than them. And I was like, that's a really interesting way because I go opposite. I go, like, I look at the best of the best, and I go, how do I stack up against this amazing person? And I go, like, well, I suck. You know, like, I have so much to learn. Dave Chappelle said the same thing. He he said he'd he'd always go to – the the first night when he was, like, 18, he, he, like, bombed. And then he like learned a lot from that experience, and he just kept on watching other comedians fail, and he like learned the most from that. And so you know, whatever drives you forward, you know that's I I I uh, that's it's an interesting thing to do that actually. Like I imagine as a teacher too, you learn a lot because you're not just reaffirming what you already know, but you're looking at things that don't necessarily work, and you kind of you fix it, and you're like you know. Same thing with watching like a bad movie or like you know watching a bad comedian. You're just like, oh, what would I do better? You know, sure. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't do that as much. And, you know. Well, then yeah, then they feel like they have an opinion and they should be. I think that that's a problem. You don't have you're you're not entitled necessarily to your opinion. Sure, you can talk all you want, but you're not entitled until you actually um, can articulate it. You know, yeah. until you're educated enough to articulate it. That's what I really find to be. F- fucking phenomenally funny and ironic is like let's look at like siskel and ebert or something you know like critiques of our time that were noted were noted to be decent at their jobs but they're not filmmakers you know but they're but they're consumers they're like high-end consumers and people trust their consumers they're such good consumers though ash yes yes that's one thing that drives me fucking up the walls and nuts with all these like because american television is consumed with competitive judgment you know it's like look at me do this dance and it's like i watch it i go that's fucking phenomenal like that's amazing that you can dance that well and then they go up against like they they stand there and they get critiqued by like three fat old people and i'm like what the fuck Uh like how dare you judge this person (laughs) but at the same time it's like um they allow themselves to these people give them this power they think hey you know i should let howard stern like talk shit to me you know or whatever well that's the very unfortunate thing about art is that like you you have to do it and it comes from a place of like uh like uh like from the interior like it's passion but like you have to like the only way to make a living is by selling it to like the masses and it's like (laughs) this weird thing with marketing it's like a really fascinating thing you don't have to do you don't have to do that with like math or science it's like it's not a it's not a fact it's just like an expression and it's 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 a really strange thing and marketing is such a weird thing to do like uh i don't know it is weird alongside that but there there there's this thing i just watched i posted it up too i love sharing this stuff there was this guy i don't, I don't even know who this guy is he's like this kid i, I think he's from switzerland or something but uh, he just like he he made this really interesting documentary thing about his life uh thus far he's a young guy but he i guess grew up and had like a really eclectic childhood and went out and started traveling and then he discovered this like application called vine and he was like making all these city silly videos to like self-medicate kind of and he started getting like super famous and he had like i don't know like three million followers or some shit like that it's awesome yeah it's cool it's interesting and then he he made this documentary this really short like five minute thing but he went to like this appointment with in in new york with this one of the biggest ad agencies or agencies in the world and they offered him a million dollars um to run it to kind of market him for a year and they would kind of had kind of control over what he was doing and he um and i don't know if it's staged maybe it was you should 
you should watch it and judge for yourself. But said fuck that. Yeah, he said fuck it. He said no. I you know this doesn't feel right. I don't. I don't know if I could do this. I don't feel like this is. And he just walked right out of the meeting. Um, and then he just decided to like leave and go do something else. And that's kind of like what he said his life has been about, like change and evolution and, and stuff. And and uh, the reaction to it was really interesting. A lot of my friends were like, oh, why, why, why not just take the million and experience that? If you're really into experiencing, why don't you just experience what that's like, you know? And But instead of going off and doing almost what he's doing continually, which is like constant evolution and stuff. So I thought that was an interesting interpretation. My mind didn't go there at all. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like he's he realizes that his own self-worth isn't necessarily a million dollars. It's more about like the growth and the experience that he gets from just evolving and becoming somebody else completely, you know? So, yeah. Dude, yeah. About a uh, change and evolution. Uh, I kind of, I'm kind of, kind of curious. Uh, what was like the, like what was the kind of thought process when you, when you left prologue to kind of pursue your own um, like freelance work and like that transition period? Mm, it was scary. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was very scary because I'm going from somewhere where I had a foundation and I had friends and people that I had grown with for a year um, into the unknown. You know, it was very scary. Um, yeah, the transition. Yeah, it was interesting. I think you you just put up a website of your own work, so I kind of I did the same thing. I pr- try to present myself somewhat presentable professionally and this actually ties into a question somebody asked us is they want to know some tips about making a kick-ass portfolio yeah mezzo i think is the person's name um but yeah i just kind of put together all the work that i had done and put it out there and i think i was just really fortunate with the timing and having um a network on the internet like a website called motionographer i got um I got instantly put up there, which that's could, awesome. Could drive a ton of traffic, and and ever since then, I've never had to look for a job ever. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. That's how it starts. It is. I think you're, it was. You're a strange dude, man. Uh, like I can't believe how, like how far you've gone in such a short time. It's pretty fucking awesome. Thanks, and man. I, I use awesome with that full intent of the word. <laughs> oh, thank it's you so awesome. much. It's cool, man, to see that happening, man. You, you deserve it too. I know you work hard, um, but also to go back on that, like, what was that? What was that like motivator for like leaving Prolog a company? Like, I was going was- insane. I was going. I was going mentally insane because the commute. Um, and, oh yeah. And I was just recently married, and so I was trying to start a family, and I wasn't ever there, you know, uh, because my day would start at seven o'clock and then end at one or one thirty at night when so, yeah. I finally Jesus, get home. So. And then I'd had the weekends, but the weekends I was like, it's time to just sleep, you know, and recollect, recollect myself and try to spend a little bit of time with the family. I did that for a year. I just felt incredibly selfish. And I felt like all my, all my, uh, I just felt like I was, I was, um, I wasn't being the person I should have been, you know, like I wasn't being a dad, you know, I wasn't being a husband. I was just... I was thinking that these other things were more important, which were like emails and clients' desires and needs and stuff. And I was getting washed in with the idea that, oh, like if a client emails me at two o'clock in the morning, I should reply to them because I want to be that guy that is hungry and and shows them. And and I think everybody, 
you know, I th- it's all stages, you know, like I wouldn't do that now. Maybe I would, I wouldn't give a shit, you know, like I treat it totally different now. Um, but when I was really hungry, yeah, it was about sacrifice, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss years, you know, I didn't want to miss years, plural, you know. That's big, dude. That's the thing you said about family too, man, just mm, kind of take a step back and realizing like the, what's really important in life, man. It's yeah. I didn't have a dad growing up, you know, and I think that, um, especially to a, a little girl, I think it's important, you know, and I think that, um, you know, it just helps with, it's just going to help her, you know, I think that sure. in, yeah. in, in showing her, you know, and being close to my wife and showing her how I deal with my wife and, you know, the loving nature and how we compose ourselves and, you know, like all these things, it's just, you know, it's, there's a point where you have to provide right and that's important you know and we all need to provide for one another and but we also need to make sure that there's a reason why you know and and so i think the decision was very challenging it was very it was scary you know and i good fortune favors the bull dude i mean like that's a huge decision you know so that's that's awesome that you did that there was nothing there yeah it was nothing that was like yeah maybe it'll work out and maybe i'll be able to keep the bills at bay, you know? Um, and I kind of made the jump. I felt bad. I kind of made the jump, uh, without telling my wife. I just, um, I had left, I had left prologue and I went to help out my friend Matt who runs a studio called basic. I had helped him out for, I think it was like three months or so. And, and I just was, I was having a real hard time fitting in because I'd come from like the big league madness, a prologue working on feature films all the time to, working on smaller projects, more humbled stuff. And I just felt like I had ran a marathon and I couldn't stop running. So I had to keep yeah. that pace. And so, yeah, I don't know if I articulated the answer correctly enough for you, but yeah, it was challenging. You know, I think throwing yourself into adversity, you know, is challenging. So, yeah, I asked because I'm, I'm kind of in a, not a, a truly similar boat, but you know, I've been in the industry for, uh, seven years, including visual effects work. And, um, I don't know. I, I feel like part of me wants to get into like, a like feature film work and do more concept work for that. Like, you know, Star Wars is being made right now. And I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck am I doing? Not working on that. So I'm kind of mm. putting in my gears to go for something like that. And then the other side of me is like, man, I really want to work on my own stuff. It's really the only <laughs> stuff I care. You know, it's like really the only kind of stuff I care about. And, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can manage both, but for yeah, for some reason, I just don't see. Like, I don't think anyone from Microsoft is listening this much in the podcast that they are, but uh, I don't see like that long of a future with like uh, working for big corporations. You know, it just I, I feel like um, with this year of like being kind of eye opening for me, I, I want to make a transition, and it's just cool knowing that you did that and you know, worked out, but not even if it didn't work out, it's like, you got to just kind of take the leap and just do what you know, it's in your heart. And I feel like I've been feeling that itch inside to kind of, uh, do my own thing. And I'm, I'm scared that I'm recognizing that, but I, I like that fear, you know, it kind of just gives me that, like the shakes and it's a good kind of shake. And it's like that, it's like that reminder that I'm alive and, you know, yes. gotta, that's good, man. I think that sounds like you're in a good transitional period, you know, and, you should follow that voice. If you want, if do you, do you mind if I give you any advice on that? Oh, of course not, man. If you if you're deciding whether to to help out on Star Wars with JJ and all the rest of the guys, and that's awesome. That's really cool. 
but then if you're also thinking like maybe I should create my own thing, um, I would just personally I would say that maybe it'll be way harder. It'll give you less instant gratification. It'll be more challenging than working on Star Wars. But the end, I think, will be a pleasure that will surpass working on Star Wars a hundred times over. Yeah, I think so, man. I'm pretty positive. At the end of the day, man, like, and you know this well, every production is just the same. It's a production. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, it's fucking awesome. You can go all Ron Cobb on it and go crazy. Um, you can get really into it and 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 really put your soul into it. Um, and you can be very proud of it. You can sit in the movie theater and 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 watch your ideas unfold. But um, yeah, you know, why not be your own universe? You know, I don't know. It's. I remember this might help with your decision is I remember um, Imagine Imagine Effects magazine, I think it was called. They yeah. just randomly contacted me and they were like, hey, we saw your art and we want you to draw something. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, I've never done that before. That sounds amazing. And I was instantly scared of the idea. And they're like, hey, we're doing like a, a superhero thing, themed thing. And I was like, can you draw us? Who would we want to draw? And I'm like, oh, I love the Punisher. Cause I love that idea. Like, I really want to make a Punisher movie. I would I'd combine Apocalypse Now with like Taxi Driver, and like, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Don't do. That'd be a lot of fun, you know. And like mixing all all these other things that I like. And so, anyways, I was like, oh, I'll draw Punisher, and I started like uh, just sketching. I was like really shitty at it. I've gotten a lot better. At least I think I have, because I've drawn like so fucking much since I did that piece. But um, I was doing it, and I was telling my wife, like, yeah, I'm going to do a Punisher. He's going to be like, yeah, well, fucking cool. And she was like, ah, just draw your own shit. Like, why you got to draw somebody else's? And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just draw my own thing. And that's when Lost Boy got created. because my wife pushed me to draw my own thing. It was just like that little nudge. I didn't want to hear it at first. I was like, no, I'm going to draw fucking Punisher. Get out of here. You know, like, this is going to be sick. You know? And then it just dug into me. I'm like, why am I drawing somebody else's thing? I mean, it's cool. Yeah. It's fucking rad. Like, I was watching Cowboy Bebop there, and I was like, oh, I just want to draw like some Cowboy Bebop because it's fucking rad, you know. <laughs> but then uh, when I sit to draw, I'm like, Why am I drawing this? I should just draw like my Lost Boy dudes because I got to make a book and I got to focus all that energy on it and like have fun with that, you know. And I don't know. There's like, no, no there, there's no harm in drawing like, other shit. It's no. just practice, you know. And drawing other people's designs is fun and it's a study as well. But um, to go back on you creating your own thing, I would just say like. You know, if you can afford it in your time and you can do it, I would, like I said, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be probably a hundred times harder in the beginning. It's not going to be instant gratification because like, like whatever you create is going to probably take longer than what it would take for you in the effort of making something on Star Wars, which is like you're a part of it, of a team. Yeah. It's going to be like your entire thing. And so it's challenging, but at the same there, time. Yeah. There is part of me that recognizes like doing fan art like for Star Wars or you know how sure. it, you did the Ender's Game thing right? Yeah, well that's I I just love the book right so that was just more like yeah and like fan art's cool because you can do it and people get the reference like look at it and be like sure. oh I know the story I can connect the dots like the same oh, way yeah. Mark did like those X Men redesigns or how Dave Raposa did those turtles like you know they look at it and they're like oh wow I I've ridden that train. I understand the visual reference and like I applaud you because like you're filling my imagination. It's like, you know, it's when you do your, when you do your own thing, it, it's, it's a lot more challenging to kind of, um, um, inspire people or like get people excited about something oh, that yeah. they don't the narrative about, you know? And so that's, I feel like, you know, fan art's cool. If you, if you're doing it 
it's a great vehicle to get noticed and get work. I feel, you know, cause, that's what they did. Yeah. Like yeah. Dave's a smart guy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a brilliant thing to do. Um, whether or not he did for fun, it, it worked like he got, I'm sure a ton of work from that. And you know, that's, yeah, that, that turned it, that started his career really. I mean, we talked about it. I've talked about it with him quite a bit. That's really what started his career, you know? Um, yeah, that's, I think, there's nothing wrong with fan art as long as your intention is to understand that it's not yours and you're just having fun with it and pushing yeah. yourself. I think Dave, let's just use his example and he's not here to defend himself or articulate his thing, but this is my rough understanding of his path on that it was that, yeah, it was a vehicle to get more exposure, but it was also a vehicle to, for him to learn how to, to paint better. For sure. And to, and he learned a ton through doing it. And it, he's, you know, he originally wanted it to take like, you know, four weeks, it turned into like six months or something like that. But he, he, you know, like he could have instantly been like, ah, fuck it. I give up. I'm not going to do this, but he didn't, he just stuck with it. And the perseverance, like you feel it in the art, you know, it's, it's old now and it's aged, but at the same time, it's still freaking awesome. Like it's, it's still rad. It's cool to see Dave's interpretation of a classic iconic thing. And it's, it's his interpretation. He owns that space, you know, like it's Ninja Turtles, like rendered, with like yeah. really cool lighting, you know, like Rembrandt lighting, you know, it's like, this is yeah. cool, you know? But there's a certain thing Dave does that's different uh, from other artists and myself included in those other artists. And he takes, which is, he takes a thing that's nostalgic and he takes all the bad stuff out of like the cheesy stuff out of turtles and like emphasizes the really cool stuff that we like. Um, yes. He like hones in on that and he, he understands his audience very well, which is like super powerful. And once you know what niche you fit in, and like where you're, you know, who you're trying to aim for, and you can hone in on that. It's a really powerful tool. And uh, I was like, I, I did that Super Smash Brothers thing with the Nintendo characters. And yeah. For me, I was more interested in kind of just like fucking with it. I wasn't interested in like being true to it. I could have like made illustrations, like realistic illustrations with like Mario and Sonic, and just had it like had them not be like fucked up like they are currently. But um. Uh, for me personally, I was I wasn't interested in that, even though it would have garnered more attention probably. But sure. it was it was actually really cool hearing all the comments on Kotaku when it got featured because, like most people, hated the stuff. But I'm like, I, I loved reading it because I, I read it and it was like hilarious. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not I'm not offended by this at all. Like it was just like torn to shreds. I'm like, okay, great. Now I can go forward and make more stuff. And it's it's just kind of nice sharing things and get getting people's opinions on it even though they don't really matter but like once you know that like not everyone's gonna like your shit you know it's like facebook is it's kind of ominous because it's like no one's like can ever say dislike they're either gonna say like or not but when you get people saying like this fucking sucks you just kind of like it's easy to switch your brain off and be like oh what people think don't actually matter and just do what you want, you know? So, yeah. And that's, that's I think what we're, I was talking about earlier and I think you're saying it perfectly, which is who gives a shit? Like, yeah, you just do it for yourself because it's hilarious when you think about it. Like, like it's, it's, it's actually hysterical. I find like, when, like just like do what you want, man. Like it gives a fuck. Like it, go back to turtles. Like there's um, a, a huge franchise about, turtles who are ninjas like i'm saying anytime that i feel i have a stupid preposterous idea i think teenage mutant ninja turtles and i go oh it's not that bad (laughs) for anyone listening to this just like remind yourself of that like you can think of anything stupid i don't know it's like man we we live there's not going to be a time like this ever again you know think about that man like where you can 
where drawing is still like heavy, where you can create your own IP, the internet's available, you can like learn any fucking software and like push your own IP, like you know, download VC. Like that's yeah. Is this ever gonna happen again? Where we can do this, you know? Like it's we gotta take advantage of this, man. It's like we're yeah. in this age where it's you're telling yourself, man. I could hear yourself pumping yourself up. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's like you're you're finding that next level of yourself, you know. And that's um, good. You should. You have the ability and the skills to do it, so might as well, you know. Like we all do, man. It's all it's all, it's right there, you know. It is. It's, that's the beautiful thing. I always say that it's like if you close your eyes and you imagine what you would visualize as an idea, and then close your eyes, imagine the, all the ideas around you. And then one of them is, is, is bright and it's like a, a galaxy. And that's the brilliant idea that can take you and your life on a journey of amazingness, you know, and, and it's right there. You just yeah. have to find it. You just have to just discover it, you know, and it's, that's the funny thing though. Imagine yourself walking around with all these little things around you, their ideas, but the one that's, there's a couple of them that are brilliant and it's just a matter of you understanding that's the idea that I need and ideas are so powerful, you know? Yeah, the problem is that we like saturate our lives with too much like meaningless shit, and it's just, like <laughs> Facebook and stuff. Well, you wonder why like those sculptors of like the Renaissance age were like such badasses, and they were badasses, but like they didn't have like Facebook and like television. Like it's sure we're all trying to be like, well, no pun intended again, but like Renaissance men trying to do so much shit. But um, I like it. I like doing like too much shit. It keeps it interesting, and I'm sure you like you're the same way. Like you're yeah. Keeps it spicy, man. I, I, yeah. I, there's always that quote, and I and and it kills me every time I think about it. It's like a uh, jack of all trades and a master of none. Yeah. It's like God. If I only had like a really great focus, if I was like, you know what, I'm gonna dedicate the rest of my life to like sushi and be like Jiro dreams of sushi, like that yeah. dude, and be like just fucking crushing it, so that like I can inspire millions of people when they watch the documentary when I'm almost close to my death about how how big into sushi i am and like influence these people to be like if i'm big into sushi then you should be big into fucking making shoes or whatever it is that you're into yeah um but that's just not me i want to be like making the documentary and then also like eating the sushi (laughs) yeah that's not me either i've I've never been that guy and i know like a ton of guys who were like just like you know like i know like i don't know jamie jones for instance like i'm sure he does like way more shit than painting like a beast but like yeah, I just admire. I, I really admire people who can just do like the, who are masters at like one thing. Not that they're not at anything else, but who are known for that. But I fully accept that I'm not like that. Or I what don't makes really a master to you? Because everybody has a different definition. Ten thousand hours, you know. That's yeah, yeah. That's like, a, I, I'm, a dedication I'm, then. Yeah, like I'm alright at drawing. Like I can. I'm okay at sparring and kickboxing. Like. I, like I'm okay at a lot of things, and I think it's just like accepting that. Yeah. Like I'll I'll keep doing these things, and maybe eventually I'll become a master. But like, um, I I don't have any sort of desire to like do one thing and just become a master at that. And I don't know. It's like whether or not people intend to do that for happiness is their own prerogative. But for me, like I'm happy just engaging in different shit and having like a textured life, you know. And yeah. Well, as long as you're okay with it, I guess there's no harm, you know, because it's just part of your makeup and what you, what pushes you and inspires you, you know, so. Yeah, I will say though, like a simple life is a happy one, I think. Like I, mm. I am trying to simplify my life and not do as much shit because like if you, for myself, 
Sure. And uh, I like I had like depression for like uh, many years, and like I think it was because I was trying to, you know, people have it for different reasons, but for myself, I was trying to do too much stuff, and the anxiety of like not finishing things just made me feel like a piece of shit. So <laughs> absolutely, we all that's a that's a real common thing. I fall into sure. that too. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So just yeah, like uh, simplifying things and planning your days out, and just kind of trying to do the best with what you got in that in that time available it just you know like you're able to accomplish what you want and be like and feel so much better for it you know and yeah that's being realistic you know dude daily goal planning for it also this and this is gonna sound pretty true i don't care like for anyone listening like it's you who doesn't do that you gotta do it like if you want to take the next step for your life like just writing what you want to do like for the day, like the night before, or like whatever the day of, like it just, cause for myself, like I would just like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. But like when you write shit down, you're recording and your brain's like, Oh, you got to do it. Cause you wrote it down. It's almost like you're like, uh, you're committing yourself to it. And yep. then you don't have to think about it. It's written down. You're like, you plan your day out and like, it's awesome. And it's, man, it makes my life so much easier. Like I feel like that's what I'm telling you. You got to do it the night before. I'm curious to see how that affects you. I think it's going to affect you in a really good way. Um, yeah, I, I will do that. Yeah, I, think it, I think it'll manifest a lot of change for you and a lot of interesting things. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't say it even more myself. I think that's exactly it. And having a good manifestation of like your your reality and wanting to to have these things um, manifest. I mean, you, I just look at like think of a powerful person like steve jobs like you think he gets up every day and or he got up every day and was like you know fuck it i'm just gonna like float with there and see what where it takes me fuck no you know like no way any powerful person doesn't start their day like that they start their day a month before with a manifestation of thought you know and they really hone in on what they need to do and focus on it there's this one thing too that was in that interesting little short documentary about the kid that gave out the gave away the 80 or the million dollars whatever he said that this friend of his taught him something and it stuck with him instantly is he said, imagine you're on your deathbed and you're 99 years old and, and you get a chance to go back to yourself now. And what will you do? You know, like put yourself in the situation that you are on borrowed time, that you are dying, that you could die instantly, that it could all end. So respect your time and the time that you have left and really focus in on making the best of what you have you know, yeah, it's a beautiful truth, man. It's fucking like like perspective, though. It's all about perspective. You know, successful people that I've studied and understood have really amazing perspective. You know, yeah. Uh, I think an aspect of myself that's kind of weird is that I get really amped up when I'm surrounded by death. Uh, like when my my grandma died last year, I remember like in the. I was just like looking at her like, you know, dead body in the hospital room and my whole family was there Mm. and it was like really serene and sad, but at the same time, like, whoa, I just like, it just hit me. I'm like, cause I had never seen like a, I'd never witnessed death before. And I'm like, oh wow, that's just, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is, it's simple. Like you just gotta like, that's it. Like it's, it's, she's, she's never going to be here again. And like she lived her life and she, she had a happy life, but I'm like, that's it. You just got to live it and I got like so pumped and I remember like just that night painting and like not you know I mean like I just I accepted that her life was over and like I just like I'm like I gotta do the best what I got and I don't know everyone's good. yeah it's but, inspiring stuff man 
it's a good way to look at it though i think that's that's a difference between a positive person and a non-positive person maybe somebody that isn't wouldn't have that outlook would just harbor on it and be like my grandma died and i saw her dead body and oh my god it was horrible and i will never leave me and i i miss her and i can't move on and you know all that kind of stuff and instead of being possessed by that you just kind of focus on like what can i do to be better you know more badass like if she was here right now like like dude when i die like i want like fucking i don't know like disco music fucking blasting like everybody dancing and shit you know like happy you know like i'm serious like i want it was like earth wind and fire you know it's like bumping earth wind and fire like disco music and like fucking epic food and everybody's just celebrating and being like dude that was cool like it was cool to know this guy you know yeah it's funny because like uh, there's a duality with like this whole death thing like my when my grandma died like it's it's tradition in her, her Croatian village uh, for like the family members to wear black so my aunt and my mom have worn black for an entire year like mm-hmm. nothing but black and it's just you know it's very like and like <laughs> when my grandma died at the funeral like they were like uh, like in like crazy tears like I've never seen my mom like wail as much as she did and I think it was more for like the act of wailing it's like it's very respectful to like seriously mourn loved ones and um mm-hmm. on the flip side and i'm sure other colleges like this i don't know why i'm reminded by this but it's like the closest example i have but uh there was like a, a kid in my high school named michael Caccioni, who was like this awesome singer he was like this kind of decently well-known pop singer at the time and he went to our school and he was kind of like famous and uh he had leukemia and he died a few years after uh we all graduated and okay. uh so he had a, you know, he was a cool kid and he had a huge turnout to his funeral and um, David Hasselhoff showed up because uh, this kid uh, starred in, like guest starred on one of the shows as like a, you know, like this boy who had cancer or whatever and, and everyone at the funeral was wearing black and David Hasselhoff showed up in like a white suit mm. and he's like, he's like, it was pretty cool. He was like, I knew this kid and he was like, he was saying like a few words at the funeral and he was like, I knew this kid and he was like most positive, uplifting guy I've ever known in my life. And he was like such a cool kid. And I'm not, he's like, I'm not going to wear black at his funeral. I'm going to wear white to celebrate his life. Cause mm. it's what he would have wanted. And like, let's, yeah. let's all remember how like awesome he was. And you know, and it's, I don't know that always stuck with me. I'm like, it's, it's that's really cool. Yeah. It's fucking rad. Fucking Hasselhoff. Hell yeah. This chest hair all hanging out <laughs> celebrating some life. That's badass. He actually just wore the jacket and no shirt, and you can see his oh, chest. That's fucking hot, dude. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. where's the KY jelly? <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, that's 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 exactly it. And like I said, it's just all about perspective, you know, and like being in tune with that perspective and what it can bring to you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's fucking awesome, though. I think that's a really great way of of dealing with something that's so tragic that it's hard to process, you know, it's just like, there is no other way really. I mean, there is, but it's too dark. It's too gnarly. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, who like I, one thing I've been learning a lot too is like, I have my own opinions and perspectives, perception of things. And it doesn't mean that everybody else should have the same thing or even close to it, you know, and I shouldn't try to push my ideas on other people. I should just let them be, you know, and, Everybody deals with things differently, you know? That's one thing I've learned a lot through my wife and friends and stuff, like close people that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know? It's always a trip, though. 
so much lessons to learn, you know? I, uh, I'm reminded of that quote from Buddha. It's like a, has to go, um, it's got a lot of those good ones. Yeah. A ton. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, in the end, only three things matter, how much you loved, how gently you lived and how gracefully you let go of things, uh, that aren't meant for you. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, um, just goes back to that death thing, but it's also like just friends and like, I don't know. It's like, I think you want to understand that. Like it's easier to move forward and like live life with grace and yeah, it's, Live life with grace is a beautiful way of putting it. That's really what it's about. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's hard to tell, though. You know, it's, it's always there's always that limit of like, am I doing the right thing? But I guess if it's deep down, if it feels like it is, then well, it is. You know, it's it's easy to talk about this stuff because I'm sure you and I are in pretty decent, good moods now. But like, it's sure. Yeah, it's, if I'm in a bad mood, yeah. So but it's little... <laughs> like that's the only thing is that when things happen that are shitty and like you're in a bad mood like the only thing you can do is like try to live as gracefully as possible and like yeah you know, and just be and just be grateful for like when you are in a good mood but like that's you know because i'm 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 a natural pessimist right so it's i get <laughs> and i'm just like whatever but like <laughs> i'm trying to actively be like a lot more graceful and just kind of accept things as they are and be easygoing and that's it's for the yeah it's it's just a better way to live, you know? It is. I agree. I think that the first step to this next level for yourself personally and myself, because I had the same thing is being aware, self-aware, aware of something. It's like when they, I think with alcohols, Alcoholics Anonymous, like the first step is being aware that you have a problem. Yeah. And it's, it's basically the awareness of your own reality. So being conscious of like, Hey, and also words become actions too. That's always been one thing I've been really trying to be key of like, if I say like, Oh, I suck at like, writing well then of course i suck because you i keep are, telling but, myself yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if i say you know what i'm not that bad it's a little bit better than i suck but it's still within reason that i need to grow you know so it's like a it's actions but it's a positive action that kind of pushes me in the right direction i suppose you know Dude, that's that's really powerful do you ever do like a morning reaffirmation rituals you no know? what's that it's like uh it's going to sound completely bro sciencey, but I don't give a fuck. It's just like, <laughs> and I do this cause I need it. Cause like I, I've lived a life that's where I'm pretty hard on myself, but like I'll do a thing where like if I'll, I'll, I'll like, uh, I'll write things down. Like, you know, like I'm this, I'm that, like, uh, like things I pride myself on or, you know, like the kind of life I want to live, the kind of man I want to be. And I just kind of say it aloud just to kind of reaffirm it. Oh, and cool. Just, you know, I'll say things, I'll say like really, you know, whatever things so I'll say, like, you know, I'm a warrior, like spiritually, mentally, physically, like I, I like, you know, I chill about things. I like honor and love my friends and just kind of like saying those things in the morning kind of helped me to frame my day and just, you know, oh, like a mantra. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah. Do you, do you think it helps you kind of focus your, yourself through the day? Like kind of help you center yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, I never done that. I should try that. It's a bad example, but I, I lose things a lot. So like, oh, mm. now when I, I lose, so keys a busy mind then. The time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, so it's too busy. So I hate my mind. It's <laughs> like shut up. But um, it's like I'll put my wallet down and be like the wallet's on the table, and just saying it aloud just kind of reaffirms it. So like, mm. it's to hear your own voice is super powerful. It's yes. like you don't hear it often enough, and I find talking to myself weird, but like I do it. Just it's. You know, even hearing another person's voice, it just 
it's it's just good to hear like words spoken and uh, even writing words are pretty important too you know so absolutely trying to do more yeah well like you're just re you're connecting with the thought of like words become actions and yeah therefore like be cautious of the words that you portray and put out there you know either mentally or physically out there you know like being cautious of the power that they have on yourself is definitely it. like it you are what you think about you know and <laughs> it's true and what you surround yourself with you know i always try to emphasize with especially younger creatives and people like try to be cautious of surrounding yourself with people that aren't vampires and they're really disguising you know like people that will suck you dry like you might yeah. think that they're good or good for you or that you're you know like they're they're part of you know it's really deceptive i've fallen i've fallen to that many times um because i feel like i think my weakness is wanting to have everybody happy you know and it's just not possible no um but um yeah i don't know it's like i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but i just think it's really important to be cautious of like your surroundings and the things that you say and and not to the point of driving yourself insane, but just conscious enough to, to realize like what you want out of life and be conscious of the decisions that you should make on a daily basis because it is a daily basis. Like you don't, when you don't write a book in a day necessarily, like you can't write a, something. I mean, maybe you could, I don't know. Fuck. What do I know? But you, I know it takes time and, and that becomes a process and a process becomes about routine and ritual and, and self-development, you know? Yeah, someone once told me it's it's not a it's not a climb to the top of a mountain. It's a it's a swim. You know, it's like this. Mm. It's got to keep your head above water, and yeah, it's like, good. and it sucks. Like <laughs> for for me, I, I I deal with I deal with like negativity in, in a positive way. But I it, I like hearing like that things suck, and you just got to deal with it. It's just but um <laughs> there is, there is like happiness though. It's like a it, it is a beautiful swim if you keep going along, and you know. All right, people, it's a beautiful swim. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's true. It's good. It's a good way to looking at it, too. And like you said, like with the with Buddha, I was saying, like, you know, live gracefully and stuff and embrace the current. Or even, like, you know, the teachings of, like, Bruce Lee, like, be, be like water, you know? like Be water, my friend. Yeah. It's like, Absolutely. it's so it's so powerful. Um, that, whole, that whole speech that he was saying is, like, you could feel the energy off of him. Yeah, like man. you could feel the energy off of him with that shitty, crappy camera, the black and white. Like you can feel energy emanating out of him. It's almost like he's like this conduit of just energy. It's he just... was a force of nature, man. Yeah, absolutely. Same with, same with Ali, man. Just you know, like... I never really got um, into researching him much, to be completely honest. I always, I don't know what it is. I connected with uh, Bruce Lee like instantly, and he was like, he's the best. Like he's like the dude of inspiration. But I do know that. I think uh, Ali was kind of similar men- mentally, like in that kind of headspace, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, more more just from like an energy standpoint, just like kind of sure. what they put there and just their, how their words influenced like a, a great mass of people, and you know, like uh, just just pretty powerful when people do that, and when they're just like spreading like themselves and like not for like an ulterior motive or you know. Yeah. It's fucking rad. So much cool shit out there. There's a book called The Warrior Within. Um, it's kind of like Bruce Lee's kind of ideals and stuff, teachings. Who wrote it? 
Uh, let me grab it really quick. Let's see. I, I can't reach it. See the warrior. You're a huge uh, book nerd, right? You yeah, I, I love books. They're just kind of like my teachers, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, John Little, who I think is a student uh Bruce Lee's. John Little. Okay, I think I've heard that name, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, it's called The Warrior Within, though. It's uh, the philosophies of Bruce Lee, which have a lot of really you know, just powerful things like mantras and, and ideals and concepts and stuff. Uh, it'll help you with the way you perceive the world and, you know, like give you a little bit of a taste of kind of how he embraced the world around him, which is really, Sweet. yeah, I highly recommend it. I will check this out. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Dude, it's two o'clock in the morning. I know, man. <laughs> We've had a really wonderful talk. It's like really fantastic. I feel kind of bad to be completely honest because we went... I actually wanted to know you more as a person rather than talk about the details of the craft and what kind of filters you use and stuff. And he's usually kind of, you know, the podcast. I'm not trying to know all those things necessarily. And I apologize to anybody that I did want to. Perhaps you can support, uh, you can support you and go and do the Gumroad thing, you know, and support your Gumroad and then find out all those details. You can get that all that kind of cool stuff there. So, but um, I just wanted to know you more as a person and getting to know you more is just like, oh, this is really interesting. We have some really interesting concepts and thought, oh, thoughts really, and theories. So, It was really cool talking to you, man. You're a, you're a pretty cool dude, man. So, yeah. Right back to you, dude. I appreciate it. And, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the transition that you're going to make. It's inevitable. I can hear it in your voice. I remember that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it it's be. here every day, you know. It's like always there. And whatever decision you make, I'm sure it'll be whatever decide you decide it to be will be the decision that you make. And, you know, like you'll hopefully you'll own it and it'll just be that thing that you do. And anybody that's listening to this and feels a connection to that, like be inspired to create the thing that you really want to because don't you're not going to get permission for it. You just have to do it, you know, and yeah. Sorry, I don't. I forget. I feel bad for harping on this kind of stuff. I just I get inspired, and I really want to. I want other people to be inspired and to follow their path, whatever that may be. And so, yeah. I guess it's just, also because it's a very lonely journey, you know. And and the more people that you know are in pain as well, it's like it feels good. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's really kind of fucked up to say that, sure. but, but it just uh, don't blue. be a jerk, y'all. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the most important thing. Don't be a douchebag. Don't be a fucking asshole. Was, there's too many of them out there, and you really got to stop that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. But, but, dude, yeah, thank you again. I know we've been working on getting this podcast going for a couple months now, Sue. So, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, maybe do it again in the future, bro. Sometime absolutely. Anytime. anytime you want to, and if you want to talk about whatever you're doing, and I'm sure a lot of people will be curious about what it is that you're embarking on and all that kind of stuff. So, if you ever want to. You know, get the idea out and touch base. Doors always open. Cool, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, good luck to you and all your endeavors. And you know, you as well, uh, brother. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, man. You too, man. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Peace.